is no one better to be than myself. There's no one better to be than myself. Today is going to be an amazing day. Today's going to be an amazing day. It's Saturday morning. What's on your to-do list this weekend? Seems like a horrendously heavy tweaking project. Whatever it is, you can do it. So talk me into it or talk me out of it. Hey. Be great. Hey. It's okay to make a mistake. And if hey. you need a little motivation, Lou is here to help. Sometimes you make a mistake and it's harder to fix. Oh, 100%. And he's taking your calls live right now. Wait, are you talking about my life or are you just talking about this door? And right here on House Smarts Radio. I just get the biggest kick out of the fact that I'm the only home improvement guy on the radio playing Eminem at 6 in the morning. Good morning, everybody. 6.10 in the morning. I mean, you know, it's just so funny. I'm just thinking like when Andy and Don or even Lindsay are talking to people, yeah, what do you do? You do? I work on Saturday mornings with this home improvement guy, and he plays a lot of Eminem. And Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and Snoop Dogg. And uh, we, we have some pretty good music. All over the map. All over the map. And I give it all to Lindsay because it's her, no, it's no, her no. creativity. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do it together. You right. sometimes send me ideas and I sometimes. use them. Right, sometimes. 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 Uh, I am excited about our word. Good morning, everybody. Good, good morning. 857 557 um, you know how uh, things in life, uh, Don and Andy, uh, you know, they kind of evolve, right? You know, the, the way may, maybe there's something in your life now or, or, or some something at work, like, oh, well, this is how I do it. But you didn't at first do it this way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it becomes this thing where, like, of course, you know, you kind of figure it all out. Well, I've noticed that there's been an evolution uh, in the word of the day hmm. okay. from, my, uh, from my producer. Oh, yeah. And I so, like this new spin. So coming up, we have a lovely word, but I, I'll talk about the evolution of how maybe the 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 maybe Lindsay uses the word to her benefit. And we'll I'll explain after seven o'clock <laughs> this morning. So. Right on. Interesting. <laughs> right. So I just think that it's funny how because then all of a sudden it'll become like that's what you remember. You know what I mean? A year from now, when she does this every week, it'll be like, mm-hmm. oh well, of course, that's how the word gets presented. She demonia. <laughs> Absolutely. I am demonia. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> that one goes down in history. Uh, I'll never forget one. that one ever. No, that is a really I, good it's one. right. I don't think you can. Yeah, everybody we, good? Everybody, we demonia. Everybody had a good yes. week? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yes. All right, uh, before I get the phone calls, I have a quick, uh, quick little theater tip for you. Uh, I'm not trying to be Dean Richards at all, but... Uh, we went this week to, have you heard of the Writer's Theater in Glencoe? Have not. Yes, so good. I've seen one show there. It was amazing. Right? It, it is this amazing theater in downtown Glencoe. And uh, I, I wouldn't say it's in a round, it's, but it's it's like a half circle. And um, anyway, I've seen one other play there. And my wife and I and some friends, Joe and Sandra, went to go see, and I highly recommend this show, The Band's Visit. Okay. And so um, it is uh, the story of a Egyptian band that ends up in a small Israeli town by mistake. Hmm. Okay, and uh, the actors are are not only on stage but they're performing the music as well. Just an unbelievably 
uh, talented group of performers, and it's a good it's a good date night. Okay, nice. You can get, you can get a little little food right there in downtown Glencoe. A couple of cute little restaurants, and mm-hmm. right, it's good. Writers Theater, the band's visit. I think it runs for another month or so. It was really good. Right on. Really, really good. What is that one restaurant that starts with a V there? Like Valer- Valaro? Uh, I think Val- that's where we went. Oh, yeah. I love it there. I would say that's one of my top five restaurants in the area. Really? Yeah, I mean, in the whole, like, Chicagoland area. Wow, wow. That's, a good, that's a good recommendation. They have, totally. like, the, the, did you get the cauliflower? No. Ugh. <laughs> consulted with me first. <laughs> I uh, just the I, discuss. I got some winter salad, and then you know what my wife and I do? We split our dinner. Nice. So yeah, we do that a lot now too. One of my f- you do? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan, but I have you know I've got the Seattle something thing. I got to keep an eye on. No, that's so. true. Yeah, and it wore. And you know what? In the end, most restaurants you know give you too much food. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Sure. It's just too much. It's like what am I doing with this giant enormous bag, you know bowl of pasta? Yeah. So. Do you go home and like stuff your face in the like no. open the fridge? Like I'll be no, right no, up, no. honey. And then no, no, no. no. <laughs> no. I, would I mean, not be Seattle I mean, Sutton I mean, I have to say not to have this be a commercial for Seattle Sutton, but what it has taught me is portion control. Yeah, right. Totally. And so you know, I think for all of us, if you get to a point where you're like, okay, and I let my tummy settle, you know, I'm full. I don't need anything more. Yeah, you know? let some time pass. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Now, when I was in Florida with my friends, I, I, I probably drank too much beer. And it wasn't like beer to get drunk. I was like, oh, I'll have a beer. I have a couple of friends of mine who love beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like a social thing. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I told Lindsay, I came back looking like a puffer fish. And uh, I was like, I'm not drinking for a week. And it was it was just a lot. I'm not a beer yeah. drinker, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I like it, but it's not, you know, my thing. So, anyway. For sure. Hmm. That's what I know. Eight five seven five five seven four. Is George still there? I think. Yes. Should be. Yes. Right. One. Let's do right? this. Let's do this. I haven't done this in a while. I found my wheel again. Don't call us. We'll call you. And we. Well, George did call us, but I haven't used this in a while. Hey, George. Uh, in uh, yes. Libertyville, you're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, good morning. I'm fine, Lou. How can I, I help you? Enjoy your program every Saturday. Thank you. Uh, I have a I have a little bathroom problem. Uh, about six or seven years ago, Bath Fitter redid my bathroom and did a wonderful job. But my problem now is that I've got smooth walls in it. I don't have it looking like tile. It's just the smooth walls in the in the bath. It's a bathtub shower design. And uh, when I rub my hand over it, it's not smooth. It's not like a soap scum. It's more like a water scum in it. And I'd like to know if there's something I could spray on there and clean that off and make it look like it did. But it is some type of synthetic material, right? Like, uh, like yeah, I ac- think it's acrylic. I okay. believe it. Yeah, I believe that's what it is. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, there's a ton of stuff you could use. You know, we need we need to get rid of. Uh, so there is a product that is called Wet and Forget Shower. Now, Wet and forget. shower, that's the key thing. Wet and forget oh. makes a bunch of different products, but they make this shower product. And the idea okay. behind it is you're supposed to just use it, you spray it on, and then mm-hmm. you don't have to do any scrubbing. But because you can feel this texture, what I want you to do is buy a bottle of it, spray it on, 
leave it there, don't touch it, come back the next day, spray it again, and then use a, like a plastic scrubbing pad, you know, like you would use in the, okay. in the, in the kitchen type of thing. And then just in mm-hmm. a, in a circular motion after you spray, so you're going to spray it on, it's going to help to dissolve the soap scum that's there, but then when you come back, you don't even have to wait a day. You could come back in a couple hours, spray it again, and then use it, and then get it all nice and clean. You know, you're really happy with it. Then the real secret sauce with this uh, product is that you um, you spray it once a week, and then you don't have to do any scrubbing. Okay. So that's what I would suggest you try. So- yeah, okay, so spray it, like like after I shower or something, and then spray it on then, you can do it? That's that's what it's designed to do. So if you after you shower, uh-huh. spray it, then come back in a couple of hours, spray it again, and then yep. scrub it all clean, and then get in the habit once a week of just spraying it when, you know, whatever, on a Tuesday, and okay. walk away, and you'll see that it, you'll maintain that shower a lot better using this product. Yeah, where can I purchase wet and forget? At a hardware store? Uh, uh, Ace have it? Ace should have it, yes. Ace have it. Okay, wet and forget shower. You got it. Good. Okay, thank you very much, Lou. Appreciate you listening. I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. 857-5574, Lou. 857-557. Four five six eight. It is six nineteen in the morning. You're listening to House Marts Radio. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Uh, Rini is in South Elgin. Hi, Rini. You're on House Marts Radio. What is it, Renee? That's how you would spell Renee. Renee. You know, there's a lot of stars out there in the sky. They can't all be the brightest. How do you spell your name, Renee? R E N E E. Really? But they still shine. I would not think that's how you spell how Renee. How else would you spell Renee? I don't know, but it looks like Rini. Yeah. There's also a lot of tools out there. Now back to one of the sharpest in the shed. Some people who are really close he to wins. her call her Rini. So I'm going to call her Rini. Lou Manfredini and House Smarts Radio. Just walk away, Renee. You Portland never gets old, does it? Never gets old. Every Renee I meet, every time I read the word Renee on an email or whatever, I just chuckle to myself. I love you. Rini. So special. 857-557-4LU. This is Mary Jo in Northfield. Hi, Mary Jo. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning to you, Lou. Very nice to talk to you. How may I help you? I have a microwave oven installed above a cooktop. It's the common wall with another townhouse. Throughout the winter, cold air is coming from the sides of the microwave into the room and really chilling things down. I don't know whether to call a, a roofer, uh, a contractor. I don't know whose, whose department that would be to correct. It vents outside, correct? I would assume so. It's again, it's a common wall. Right, but if you uh, so, if are you are you home right now? Yes. Can you go over to the microwave and open the cabinet up above? I can open the microwave door. Sure, got it. No, but what is there a cabinet above it? There is, yes. And if you open up that cabinet, there, do, you, do you see any piping in there? No, there isn't. There's it must no, be behind it. Or does it? 
Can you turn on the microwave fan for me? You know, like the exhaust fan? Uh, sure. Now, above <laughs> above where the door is, there's like a grate. Is air blowing at you? Uh, well, it would be above it and, uh, and below it, yes. No, no, no. In other words, you know, the microwave, right? You said it's hanging on the wall. And ab- yes. above the door, there should be like a little grate, correct? Above uh, the door of the microwave. Yes, yes, there is. Yes, Does indeed. It, when the fan is on, is it blowing in your face? Not in my face. No, it would be way above my head. But you can feel air blowing into the kitchen. A little a little bit going up, yes. Okay. So this microwave is not vented outside. Okay. So there's no excuse at all for that cold air coming in. No, other than if that's a mechanical wall, and and you said you feel the air around the microwave, not... not there are cavities on the side of each cabinet, and you can put your hand and feel the side of the microwave. I see. feel the appliance side. Right, there's like a gap between the cabinet and the microwave. That is correct. Mm-hmm. Um... So probably what you would do is that's it's you're just getting some kind of air leakage from that common wall. And are you on the mm-hmm. top? Are you on the top floor? Well, uh, this is the first floor of a, of a two-story townhouse. First floor of a two-story townhome, and it and it's the wall between you and the neighbor. So that's correct. There's then, a basement also. And there's a basement, and then on that same wall, so where your microwave is, I assume the the cooktop and range are below it, correct? That, that's right. And it, it's cold all over. I mean, if they say open the cabinets when you have a cold day. Mm-hmm. That's not stored air. It's really cold in there from and outside. And it's not. And, it, and, and on that same wall where the, the cooktop and the range is and the microwave, is the sink on that same wall as well? No. No, it's on a different wall. I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to, ima- I'm trying to imagine what this wall is. Oh, I know. It's a wall of uh, uh, cabinetry, a double oven, uh, the cooktop, and then you turn, and then you've got a cabinet and a refrigerator, so that's the L. But what doesn't make any sense to me is that it's an interior wall. I agree with you. Right. Well, good. Good. I'm glad, I'm glad, You're right on I'm that. Glad, I'm glad you and I are in agreement. Um, no, I, I mean, That's so, always good. So the cold air doesn't make sense to me that there's got to be some something is coming. For you to feel all that cold air on an interior wall doesn't make any sense to me that there's got to be some breach in that wall. Now, do you know the neighbor on the other side? I do, and I should consult with them, shouldn't I? Well, I was just, I'd just be curious to say, hey, uh What's the neighbor's name? <laughs> oh, we'll just call him Jim. How's Jim, that? we'll call him. Hey, Jimmy, is your uh, microwave oven cold too? Oh my God, it's crazy! So now, if it's so cold, is that air coming from the basement up into the wall? You said that there's a second floor above you. That doesn't make any sense. That there would be air coming from there. Somewhere there's a breach in that wall that there shouldn't be. That's causing this. And all right. And and. Based on what you just described with the microwave and not being vented outside, then there's no vent unless, unless, Mary Jo. Uh, I'm listening. (laughs) Unless there is a vent there 
that is in the wall that they never connected to your microwave. And uh-huh. then that, that sounds like and so then that air is not that nothing's covering it and that's where the air is coming from. Did you so have this, a roofer did you would ha- take a look on the outside? Uh not a roofer. Um, hmm. like what I would want to do, like if it were me, if I was, you know, coming over to your house, I'd like, Mary Jo, we're going to take this microwave down and we're going to see what's going on. So we need somebody to take the microwave down. Okay. So you almost need like a handy man service. Where are you? All right. We'll start there. Northfield. Okay. So, uh, I keep saying this, but Ace Hardware has a handyman service. Um, uh-huh. And so if you go to their website, there should be somebody in Northfield that could come out and do this, and you can explain what we just talked about. And then you'll also, right. and then you'll also say, hey, you know, you should really advertise on House Smarts Radio because he's giving you all this free advertising. <laughs> uh, okay. And so he said, you better give me a discount because you didn't pay for this, and I, it's like a free lead. But I would pull the oh, microwave yes. <laughs> and find out what's going on. I think there's a, uh, I think there's a vent pipe in that wall that's not connected, which is where the cold air is coming from. Well, thank you for helping to solve the mystery. Well, you better call me back and tell me if we're, if I am I'm even close. All right. All right. Thanks. <laughs> I'll report back. Then report back. Thanks. You have your marching orders, Mary Jo. Thank you so much for calling. Hey, let's head into the WGN Radio Newsroom and check in with Don Kleppen. Having a rough morning? Accidentally, some candle wax was spilled on my laminate kitchen floor. Don't know how to fix it? In the bathroom on the first floor, there are some black spots appearing on the wall and on the grout. Well, I got a weird problem. Do we need to sand it? Do we need to prime my it? My jiggly pin has fallen out of my canoe. Hey, 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 there's no booing here. We are Lewin because it's Saturday morning and Lou Manfredini is standing by ready to help. So wipe those eyes, pick up the phone, and stay tuned in to Lou Manfredini and House Smarts Radio. I was thinking of you. I sent uh, you uh, the Jack Black version of the Britney Spears song. Saw that. And now everybody wants him to do a whole 90s cover album. Oh. Wouldn't that be fun? So funny. Yeah, I would love to have a conversation with him. Jack Black? Like, you know sometimes when people are so funny and then... I love Jack Black. I don't know. Kind of like Jim Carrey style. Like, he's so funny, but then, like, is he really a serious... Real quick, uh, Don, you reported on that story... Um, the Louisville, the truck that went off the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the video? I did. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Whomever that firefighter was, it's just an, all of you listening, if you you haven't seen it already, this semi truck is hanging off of the, the bridge and like the trailer is dangling literally right the back end of the tray it's kind of like teeter-tawing right but the tractor is still connected to the trailer it is completely over the side of the bridge yeah still connected 
It was. It reminded me. I don't know if you saw the most recent Mission Impossible movie, uh, <laughs> Dead Reckoning Part One, but there's a part where there's a train that's going over the side of a cliff, and they keep climbing through the train cars back up, and that's sort of what the video reminded me of, where it's like it's still connected to the cab, but that large trailer is dangling below, and then you've got this rescue happening uh, with the firefighter bringing the driver out. It, I mean, it was just crazy. It was like an it was action crazy. movie. It was like an action movie, and, and at the end, you know, the whoever the fire chief was like you know we train for this all the day no you don't no you can't train for this (laughs) right right. i mean i i get that you can train for it but the courage of all of those uh firefighters to try and figure out a way to save this driver was unbelievable yeah i mean just to put yourself at at risk like that they took they took the ladder of the fire truck and extended it out over the bridge and then this guy repelled with pulleys down and was hanging next to the cab as it's hanging over the river i mean you had to fear that this thing would become unconnected absolutely right? yeah yeah I and, think and imagine if it was if that happened god forbid uh as they're um pulling the person out of the you know they i think they pulled the driver out through the window yes yeah like right the now, roof imagine of the cab if that thing came undone right then they'd both be oh yeah God. yeah it's wow. it's horrible i mean it's just really really crazy i'm glad it turned out so well and uh yeah maybe that's something that jack black can uh, can sing about you know what i mean <laughs> Give oh, a little, uh, look at him bringing it back. Bring yeah. it back to Jack. Black. Little, uh, little, little Britney cover about the, the heroism of firefighters, right. you know? It was good. Good story. You should check that out. For sure. 857 557 is our phone number. This is Tom in Northfield. Hey, Tom. Good morning, Lou. How are you? I'm well. What's going on? So um, I have a bathroom bathroom tile floor. I had uh, hired one of those tile grout repair places about four years ago, and the areas that were repaired have all popped up again. So I'm thinking to myself, why pay somebody? Maybe I can do it. So is it possible, and what do I have to do? These are tiles on the floor? Yeah, they're like 12-inch by 12-inch. And you can just uh, pick them, you can just pick them up? No, no. There, it's like the grout has popped out in places where it's like one side of it has popped out. It's, oh, it could be in that problem. Okay, so the tile, pro- the tile itself is not loose, as far as you know. No. Okay. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, have it's you the ever grout in between the tiles? Have you ever grouted before? No, that's why I hired somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and how big of a floor are we talking about? Uh, I would say linear footage of grout is probably about four feet. Right, but you know the thing, and the thing is, is that oh. I think you're going to regrout the whole floor. I see. Well, the whole floor is probably probably six by five. Okay, it's just a very small bathroom. Okay, so you have a couple of choices here. There's a hand grout tool that you can buy that's pretty inexpensive, and it's like a toothbrush that you'll go back and forth. You need to remove a good eighth of an inch of all of the grout, okay? So we oh. need to we need some place for the new grout to, to grab onto, so I need grooves all the way around it. Or you could either use a rotary tool, like a Dremel tool, or a multi-tool that has a grout removal blade, which will make the removal part of it so much quicker. 
Okay. Um, so it, you don't, and both of those machines only an eighth of an inch, or is it still? I mean, the deeper the better, but um, you I know, if, in other words, if you were going to do it by hand, I'd say you get an eighth of an inch, you're good. Um, with if you use the multi tool, with the uh, the thing is, the multi tool will cost you eighty bucks. The tool, the blade, the grout removal blades, like thirty, right? So you're you know you're you're a hundred bucks or so in for uh, for um, for the tool, but now if I'm in that floor and and the thing is with a multi tool, you can buy all these different kinds of blades and do a lot of different things with it. This is just one thing that you can do. You'll probably remove all that grout in an hour, you know. Whereas right. if you did it by hand, it might take you you know half a day. Now, you vacuum all that up, you wipe down the floor, you buy some new grout in the color of your choice, and you mix it with water, and you use something called a grout float to kind of go back and forth, and then a sponge to wipe it all away. I mean, it's not difficult to do, and, um, you know, if you did it yourself, even with no tools whatsoever... You know, you'd probably in you'd probably be talking about an investment of about I'm going to say two hundred and fifty dollars because you probably don't have a grout float and you know you'll need a sponge and you got to buy the grout and that kind of stuff. So you know, and if you hire somebody, it's double that if not more. So maybe what you're telling me is that when I hired this, it was one of these services that whatever they grout magic or something. But anyways. He all he did was just put grout it just in the places where the grout had popped out instead of doing the whole floor. Well, I mean that, that might have been an option. You know, he, you know. I mean, certainly you can just do that. The problem is, you know, for me, it's just not consistent looking, right? Because now you've got the area where the grout came out. You know, right? That's brighter yeah, than the rest. Did, Go ahead. Yeah, it didn't exactly match, but right. he thought that. You know, it would, it would hold. Right. And then he said, oh, it'll blend in over time. Now, at this point that you've done this and you realize it doesn't work, they probably didn't even hardly remove what it was there. If the tile itself is sound, then I would remove all of the grout, as I just described, put new grout in, and then it'll look a lot better and it should last. That being said, oh, okay. if there's movement in that floor... You know, if the tile yeah, was my wife thinks there is. Yeah, my wife thinks there might be underneath the tile. There might be movement. Right, so if there's movement there, then that's problematic for the grout, right? That's why it's coming out, because it's a, you know, it's a Portland cement-based thing, and it's, it's rigid once it dries. You may, if there's movement there and you don't want to, you know, and you, you have no way to tighten up that floor, you may want to consider using something called epoxy grout, which is more flexible. However, it's more difficult to put in. And so if you've uh -huh. never done that before, I don't think I would start with putting epoxy grout in as your first time grouting because you could right. have a floor that looks like a mess if you're not, if you don't know what you're doing. That's me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we call Lou. All right. Well, then evidently you're going to call somebody else to do that grout. I appreciate the phone call. Let's get uh, one real quick call in here. Alan uh, in Elk Grove Village has been hanging on. Alan, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good 
Good morning, Lou. Nice to talk to you again. Nice to speak with you. How may I help you? Yeah, I am uh, planning a fairly big project for remodel project for this month. I need to do a new roof, um, soffit and fascia, gutters and downspouts, and siding. And I know over the years you've given a lot of good tips on, on all of those four areas, especially like oversized gutters and stuff, ice shield. So I'm wondering if you can give me a few good tips maybe for each of those categories so I can do, get a better job done. Well, I mean, if if you're going to be doing all of this, uh, you know, how you do it, I think is, is the, you know, the, the, the order in which you do it is probably wise, meaning that, you know, okay. the, the roof should probably be first because if they're going to tear off the existing roof and... Um, you know, replace soffits and fascias and whatnot. I mean, the, some of the demo can all be done at the same time, but the roofing itself should be put on first. And then, okay. and then you know, the flashing will go on as it needs to as the roof goes on. Then the new soffit and fascia would be put on the uh, home, you know, next, typically. The gutters mm-hmm. would, would go as part of that. And I do like... You know that I do like either oversized gutters or you can or you can use um, standard size gutters with oversized downspouts. You know, depending on okay. the, the depending on the scale of your home, sometimes oversized gutters, if the roof line is not super tall, can look a little bulky. But if you um, if you use standard gutters, but then use oversized downspouts and and oversized what they call lookouts, that's the the hole that they put into the gutter that the downspout connects to, that's larger so that the water can be evacuated out faster. Um, and that that tends to, the oversized downspouts don't tend to be out of scale on the side of a home, again, depending on the home. And then from there, um, you know, so the siding would, would ultimately be the last thing, depending on if you're going to wrap any windows. I don't know if you're going to replace any windows. But um, probably not with those right now. Okay, so then they would probably you know do some aluminum J channel or, or aluminum wrapping of the windows and then J channel around that mm-hmm. for the new siding. And you know on the roofing, uh, you mentioned ice and water shield. Uh, I'm a big fan of at least two courses of ice and water shield from the gutter line up. So uh, essentially, you'll have about sixty inches of protection. Um, if there was ever an ice dam or a snow buildup at the bottom of the roof, which I think is um, is very helpful, it doesn't add a lot of cost to the project. Six six zero inches, sixty. Sixty sixty inches. So there, the okay. roll the rolls are typically about thirty. Uh, it'll be a little less than that because there'll be a little bit of an overlap. So you might end up with fifty five yeah. inches. But you know, essentially, two rolls of the ice and water shield going around the perimeter uh, above the gutter line on the roof. Is there a size for the oversized downspouts in terms of inches or, you know, I don't know what the standard is. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think there. I think they're, uh, the standard is three and a half, and I think these are five. I think they're five-inch downspouts. Okay. Yeah. And the last thing, uh, soffit and fascia, composites available. I don't want wood anymore. Composite or metal, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know you've got a couple of choices. There's um, there um, Hardy, which makes a concrete based uh, material. They make a really nice soffit detail uh, that there are these uh, 
they're like these concrete thin panels that are vented that can look really nice. It's a little bit more mm-hmm. expensive and a little bit more um, labor intensive to put up. Aluminum soffit and fascia and or vinyl looks very nice. Again, depends on the look of the home. Um, the biggest thing yeah. is that you want to maintain the ventilation up into the attic space uh, so that you're not creating a problem with ice damming uh, down the line. Okay, great. I, I uh, definitely appreciate your help. Have a wonderful day, Alan. Nice to uh, talk with you once again. Hey, we're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Wake up. This ain't no dream. That's right, it's Saturday morning. Time to get to work. And lucky for you, you're tuned in to Loop Man Fredini. Now back to your host. Here he is, right here on House Smart I love this song. Six fifty-four in the morning. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. This is uh, Pat in Kimley Park. Hi, Pat. You're on House March Radio. Good morning. Hi, Lou. Thanks for uh, taking my call. Of course. What's going on? Well, my daughter uh, has a new vanity, and she has a marble top, and I wanted to find out what kind of sealer uh, she should have in that bathroom. Okay, now I'm not going to try and scare your daughter. I love. Okay. Have you ever been to uh, Have you ever been to uh, Florence, Italy? Uh, not lately. <laughs> well, if you get a chance to go, you should go see okay. the. You should go see the David. You know, Michelangelo. Uh, oh, you yeah. know the sculpture of the David, and it is it is. I've scul- seen that. <laughs> it is sculpted out of marble. And it is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it is just—you can't even imagine the um, the a detail that you literally look look at this statue and think you're looking at a real person because of the detail mm-hmm. of the of the you know the body and everything. It marble right. is a, marble is a fabulous stone to do stuff like that. It is the worst thing you can put on a vanity. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and uh, and so I, 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 I set that story up just because, and in particular, a vanity where, you know, you've got makeup and soap and cleaners and, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> what is it? Nail polish remover. So even with a sealer, um, Pat, it's going to be tough. Um so there, there is a there is a uh, a company called Granite Gold that makes a granite and marble sealer. You can buy it at the hardware store. And, okay, great. Uh, and um, and um, then um, put that on. Follow the instructions, and then have your daughter do it twice a year. Twice. And don't a year. don't okay. le- don't leave anything on the um on that counter if you can that's the problem is like you put you know a a container of soap or something like that and you leave it there for a while you'll get a ring on there and that's not good 
Mm-hmm. So if she can put like a already little... happened, <clears throat> right, right. <laughs> it's tough. Marble is tough, and it's a really t- it's it's wonderful for the David, terrible for a countertop. All right, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Up in the morning and out to school. Time now for our word of the day. I don't understand. Some of the words are a little too sophisticated for you. It doesn't make any sense. It might be paradoxical on a home improvement show. Well, of course it does. It's smart. I used a thesaurus. On every word? Yep. But we like to teach you a thing or two. They are warm, nice people with big hearts. And that became their humid, prepossessing homo sapiens with full-sized aortic pumps. Now back to Lou on House Smarts Radio. Up in the morning and out to school. Time for our word of the day, 710 in the morning, House Smarts Radio. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU, 857-557-4568. I mentioned uh, at the top of the show this morning at 6 a.m. how things, you know, evolve, right? That in life, you know, something you started, you know, like it's a new business, right? And you're you're like, oh, I'm going to make sandwiches. And then you're like... But you know what I really need is to make homemade potato chips. And then your, your place becomes known for the great sandwiches and the homemade potato chips. But you didn't know that in the beginning, right? Right. Things evolve, right? So I've noticed that with the word of the day now, Lindsay. Uh, so here's the word of the day. Hold on. Let me start with this. The word of the day is ebulence. What was that look? Ebulence? Try it again. Ebulence. Use the phonetic spelling. Yeah. How would you say E-H? Eh. Ebulence. Ebulence. And where is the um, stress syllable? Ebulence. What's the word? Ebulence. Ebulience. Is that it? Ebulience? Of Don. course, Don. Is that yes. I just, just want to be sure, you know? No, I <laughs> love it. Thank you. Okay, cool. We We teach each other. Yeah. This is collective learning. Collective Say it evolution. again. Say it again. Ebullience. Ebullience. See, he's so good. He's, he loves words. I do. He loves words. <laughs> Total nerd. Okay. And isn't that a fun one to say? It's like... Yeah. Ebullience. Who's the guy? Okay, so a-boo-boo. here it is. Ebullience. A- a- definition. Yeah, abubullience. Abubullience. <laughs> abubullience for three. <laughs> okay. Well, Andy's got his written. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, high-spirited enthusiasm or energy. Could also be used as an adjective, ebullient, right? Could use that. But so here's the evolution, guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. My beautiful and talented producer is a ray of sunshine and brings her ebullience to the show each and every Saturday morning. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, she wrote that. And, and so I think nice. that now what she's going to do, she's going to take every word and she's going to make it about her. What? Uh, that is not true. That is not true. That's the evolution. I see. Okay. See? Like, right. I'll she's make like, it about all of us. Right. right. No, no. I, I think I like that you're- The good I, ones will be about me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's the way. I, when they're nasty, words, Don Clayton was <laughs> yeah. a nasty <laughs> little boy. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Just sort of turn those on the others. Uh, ebullience. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. You're right. right. Good about that. Ebullient. Ebullience. It's a good word. Look at us all laughing. Mm-hmm. We're so ebullient on this show. <laughs> we are. Yeah, totally. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it is fun. There you go. Good job. Nice. Good job. Right? That's your marching orders. Uh, by the way, real quick before we get back to your phone calls, um, I've been a little busy uh, since the beginning of the year, you know, and, and sort of tail end of the year. I just now went through all the holiday cards. <laughs> 
Mm. You know how they, you know how you put them all in a basket. Do you put them all? Do you get holiday cards? Do you put them in a basket yes. or you hang them on the fridge or something? Yeah. What do you do? We do. Yeah, I still got that's them. It. We still keep them actually, like a big box over the years. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's kind of a neat idea. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Big box I do, of love. It'll be that a lot, but gives yes, me anxiety. Uh, by keeping that, <laughs> what yes. gives me anxiety is if I ever look at your phone and the amount of unopened emails you have on your phone. <laughs> yeah, you're not the first one to say that. To that. Me. Is just get rid of that notification. Just get rid of that number. There's no reason to look at oh, it. Oh god, that's it's like thousands. So yeah. frustrating to look I, at. I got rid of that a while ago. There's yeah. just no okay, well, to. it's not your phone. It's mine. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> if I happen to look at it for some reason, I'm like, it gives me heart palpitations. Right. I'm frustrated for you. Just catching a glimpse. Oh my god. Like, okay, Whoa. she's showing it to me right now. Seven thousand nine hundred and forty oh emails god. you've never opened. <laughs> That's me, your producer, just oh on top gosh. of it all the time. That is the kind of ebullience <laughs> we don't need. <laughs> Dear sir or madam, thanks for writing four years That's ago. Right yeah, right, right. I'm now responding to you. Sorry I've been a little busy. busy. Just catching my, up here. Yeah, a little busy ignoring you. decade got away from me, but this is my point. So I went through all the holiday cards. Normally I do this with Mary Beth in the room because I'm like, who's this? You know, there's people that you don't know. Right. Right, there might be... There's, we get holiday cards from some, you know, my wife years ago worked at Anderson Consulting, now Accenture. And so there's a, so a bunch of people that she worked with there that we still get holiday cards. And I know a bunch of those names, but I got, I saw the Don and uh, Gretchen Kleppen uh, oh, card, yeah. which was lovely with Thank some pictures you. of your Lindsay's. I got to see, I, I did see your card when it first came, but here's the card that out of all of them that I saved because I thought it was the most beautiful picture of joy that I have ever seen. Mm. And it was the holiday card from John Williams and his family. Mm. And it was a picture of John. Now, I know this is going to be surprising to you. With his back to the camera, whoever was taking the picture. And his daughter-in-law is holding his granddaughter, Bernadette. And his wife, Brenda, is looking at uh, Bernadette, and his two sons are also in the picture, and they're all—they're trying to get Bernadette to look at the camera, mm-hmm. so they're to use John's words, cajoling her, mm-hmm. and she's <laughs> laughing hysterically, like leaning back, and it is the most beautiful picture of joy you've ever seen. That's so That's sweet, and, and most of the people have their backs to the camera. <laughs> but you see this beautiful face of this little girl right. and the mother the is she smiling and her father and and it's just the loveliest picture so cute and that john williams got a really nice head of hair from the back too Aww. right on yes he right. does he does right <laughs> well then he should be showing off his he backside. should right turn it around no yeah. ball spot back there got I'm his best side you. right there you right. go right that's a good side of him <laughs> Anyway, nice job, everybody. It just took me a while. I like to do it in March. 857-557-4LU. 857-557-4568 is our phone number. Let's go back to the phone lines and talk with Margaret in Aurora. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. It's a little embarrassing, but during COVID, I was freaking out. We're going to run out of food. So I put, like, some things down the basement. That's all gone. But I did put some candy down there last year, and then my daughter, she was she lives out of town, and she came home for Christmas, and she opened it up, and she said, what's all these these holes in my candy? I'm like, what are you talking about? So I looked at it, and we have mice in the basement. Mm, so right. 
What it's kind of embarrassing. What, what, no, it's not embarrassing. What kind of candy? Well, actually, it had come from overseas because my sister-in-law is from overseas and her mother had come. Oh. And brought it to her. So I said, so it oh, wasn't, I'll keep it. And it, it, wasn't like, it, was, it, it wasn't like a Heath bar or a Three Musketeers. Or no, like no, that. no. Some of it was chocolate. It was really hot last summer, so I didn't want to ship it. I said, oh, she'll come home. I'll just put it in the <laughs> cool, dry basement. <laughs> so anyway, so that's what started it. Then, um, so we have Terminex to treat for ants, and then they, right about the same time, they, you know, this is like two weeks ago, they said, oh, we can come and inspect the things. And anyway, so I had put down some of the metal traps, and I got a bunch of them, one every day. And I was like, oh, good. And I'd, like, drive them really far away because they said drive two miles away, and I did all this. And I got one a day. Sometimes I got more than one. But then they stopped. And then um, then they were kind of doing a smorgasbord where I would put peanut butter on a piece of paper, and I could tell they went in, and then they were coming out of the traps. And I'm like, because the, the peanut butter was gone. So they were going in and having a Wait, little so dining. Wait, so you, you were using no-kill traps? Yes, yes, okay. yes. Right. So, I, so I was doing that, but then they figured out how to get out of them. One of them I did catch later, but anyway. So then, you know, that was like a month ago. And then maybe two months ago, because I found out about it at Christmas when my daughter came up to get the candy. But anyway... So Terminex said it was going to cost like $2,200 to get rid of the mice. Um, they said they're going to go along the inside of the house and seal all the holes. I think he said vents too. And I'm like, hmm, I think we're supposed to have air movement. And then he's going to put down traps. Not, not traps. He's, he's going to put down something to kill the mice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what are they going to do? They're going to die in my house? And he said, no, they put a, like a desiccant in and then they dry out and then it's fine. But is that really what I need to do? I mean, I do, obviously. He said, he also said that if, they, if they're born in the house, they'll never leave. They used to, like, just come in in the wintertime and then go out, like, right. like years ago. Well, why would I and leave? Why would I leave? Like, I have all this candy and peanut butter down there in the basement. I mean, it's like the greatest <laughs> oh thing God. ever, right? Well, oh, my God, this lady's well, house is gone. the best. Okay. It's gone. It's all right, gone. So, no more. All right, let's let's try you and I to. Do you have a pencil and a piece of paper? Because we're gonna. I I'm, do. Gonna, I'm gonna I give do. you a little formula to try yourself first, and if you're successful, you'll save a little bit of money. Good. A number one, you never bait mice in the house. In other words, we don't want them to know there's a food source in the house. We need them to go outside. Yeah. Okay. Now that we're getting a little bit warmer weather, okay, I need you to first go around the perimeter of your home and see if you notice any breaches in the siding or the brickwork or like, oh, that hole's kind of big right there. I bet a mouse could get through there, which, by the way, a mouse can go in a hole the size of a dime, right? So Mm. you're going to really pay attention to that. And let's say you find one spot, you're like, huh, that looks like to me where a mouse could go in and out. <clears throat> you're going to take a little newspaper and you're going to loosely stuff it in the uh, hole. Now, do you have a pet? I have a dog. Okay. Um, so the if you're going to use some bait, uh, they make these little bait traps that the dog can't get into, but the mice can. Okay. Now, what I'm describing will end up killing the mice ultimately. Okay. okay. But they're outside, so but, we're fine. But, well, that's the goal. 
So the idea is you're going to buy one of these bait traps. Victor makes one. Uh, Mousex makes one. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. May, a bunch of people. Decon makes them. So the dog can't get at it. The dog really wants nothing to do with the rat poisoning. But anyway, buy one of these things. Put it outside where you put the newspaper. Pay attention to see if that newspaper falls out of the hole. If it does, that means that's where the mice are coming in and out. Right? And they're going to go out there and go, mm -hmm. hey, there's the bait. Hey, Jimmy. Come on out here. I got some food. And you're going to put the paper back in. When you don't see the paper falling out anymore, there's a good chance the mice are muerto. Okay. Okay. Now, at the same time, you're going to buy a repellent called Mouse Magic or a product called Fresh Cab, C-A-B. Okay. You're going to put that in the basement areas where you've seen the mice before. It is a kind of a piney, wintry smelling thing that you'll actually like, but mice don't like it. And they'll be like, eh, I don't like the smell. I'm going to go outside because that's where the food is. And then hopefully we drive them out like the wagon train and they go out and we kill them on the outside. And then we go seal up all those holes. Now, this is going to take two weeks. Okay. But it's going to cost you not a hundred dollars. Exactly, that's better. Okay, this sounds good. I'm so glad I called you. All right, in okay. In two, in, two, in two weeks, call me back. I will. All I right. will. Thank you so much for taking my call. Of course. Have a lovely day. Appreciate your call this morning. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Getting ready to tackle those home improvement projects on your own? Do I need to fan that out a little bit and then put some mud over it, or what's the best way to do that? You can do it. Give it a shot. How good are you at doing mud work, John? And if you need any help, Lou's here to walk you through it. Um, well, I'm, I'm about to find out. Now back to Lou Manfredini <laughs> and House Smarts Radio. Hey, next week... Uh, it's our spring cleaning show. Uh, it's happening uh, next Saturday, March 9th. We're going to give you all kinds of great ideas when it comes to spring cleaning. I don't know if there's a sheet I was supposed to read, but um, I hope you'll join us next week. It should be a lot of fun. A lot of good information. As spring has sprung for sure. Go back to the phone lines, and this is uh, Greg and Joliet. Hey, Greg, good morning. Hello, Greg. Yay, how you doing, Lou? I'm good. How are you? Not bad, not bad. i got a question about uh, weed killer. When's the best time to put it down? Um, we're not quite there yet, just because the soil temperatures are still a little cold. Um, I don't know All that right. I'm probably... I mean, you want to do it early, you know, in particular if you're going to do a, a weed and feed type of deal. I'd give it a couple weeks. Let's just see where temperatures go. If we're if we're above if we're above forty degrees, you know, forty five degrees over the next couple of weeks, you know, consistently, and we get a little bit more sunlight, uh, middle of, I'd say middle to the tail end of March is when I would do it. All right, yeah, because last year when I went to put it down, the weeds were so tall, you know, didn't yeah. do any good. Right. Right. It, it's it's this kind of, it's this little dance with the temperatures. 
I mean, I, I saw a post the other day that, um, you know, the city of Chicago down Michigan Avenue uh, puts all these tulips in that they plant in the fall. Right. And, and they've already right. come up because we've had such warm weather. So we're a little bit ahead of the game. And I think for a lot of us, the issue is going to be traditionally, you know, they'll say, oh, do this in, you know, middle, late April. If if our temperatures keep staying higher, you're going to want to do that so- sooner than later. It may turn out, you know, if you do it too soon, that you may have to do another application. But I would hedge your bet on, I, I'm, I'm thinking this through, I'm, I'm going to say if the weather holds third week in March, I'd put it down. Sounds good, Lou. All right, I appreciate you calling this morning. 857-557-4LOU. When we come back, it is our new to Lou 2 after this report of WGN Radio News with Don Kleppen. New to Lou too. I just love noodles. No, not noodle. New to. New to Lou. Good times noodle salad. No noodles. It's new to Lou. But he does love a good pasta. Mm-hmm. Now we eat, okay? One up I eat everybody. Now back to Lou Manfredini. New to Lou too. And House Smarts Radio. Papa's got a brand new bag. You know, I'm always uh, leery about giving electrical advice. Shocking. You know, it's I'm easy to make fun of. I get it. I understand. No, I understand. I'm a little sensitive these days. What? Um, they were making fun of me on the WGN morning TV show. Uh, yeah, I don't like it. You know, these young well, kids you're just, now. That's because you take it so well. Really. I do. I can take it. <laughs> um, anyway, I oh, um, honey. I am uh, always leery about giving you electrical advice just because it's one of those areas. I, I think when it comes to doing home improvement, it's all about confidence and doing things, you know, kind of in a path. You know, you want to start painting. Painting is a great place. If you've never done anything before, go paint something. I, uh, our daughter, Carmen, is in the middle of painting a room and she's like, ah, you know, I don't know if I like the color that I chose. I go, I go, the great thing about painting is if you don't like the color, you can just paint it again. She goes, Oh, I'm not going to paint it again. <laughs> I go, well, I go, see, to me, I would immediately be like, Oh, come on. We'll just paint it again. But I'm like, aren't you my daughter? And, uh, anyway, um, and she did a very nice job, but electrical, yeah, you, you're going to paint, and then you're going to do some light carpentry, you know, like change a doorknob or something like that. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe eventually you work your way up to building a deck. Maybe you do a little plumbing, you know. Uh, I mean, you got to be careful with that, too. You know, it's health and safety there. But electrical, that's a worrisome one, because if you mess that up, you can, A, get electrocuted. Uh, you could ca- cause a fire, you know, all those good things. You need you know to know what you're doing. But what if I told you you could add an outlet without having to do any electrical work at all, and it would make your life so much easier. Electric outlets. Something to marvel, right? You plug something in, electricity flows, and it powers that item. But what about when you can't reach that electrical outlet? You know the one I'm talking about. Tucked way behind the couch or bed or wherever and you can never seem to reach it. Well, I am positively charged about this weekend's new Tulu 2. 
Get it? It's called the Magic Outlet. Magic Outlet solves that unreachable outlet problem and can relocate that wall outlet so it's within reach without the need to hire a professional. I mean, what a bright idea, right? It's basically an extension cord for your wall outlet that looks like a wall outlet. Now, couldn't you just use a regular extension cord? Sure, but they can be unsightly, get all tangled up, or stick out so that you trip over them all the time. With Magic Outlet, you just plug the cord into the original wall outlet and then use the sticky pads on the back of the Magic Outlet that's not really an outlet, it's more like smoke and mirrors, to the actual outlet. Does that make sense? The point is, is your outlet is always going to be accessible with the Magic Outlet. Shocking, right? Never struggle to find that hidden or tough-to-reach outlet behind your nightstand, couch, desk, microwave, TV cabinet. You get the gist. Ever again. No electricians, no tools, no problem. You can buy the Magic Outlet Singular for $24.99, or if you buy two, they go down to $21.99, or buy four, and they go down to $17.99. The more you buy, the more you save. For more information, check out the House Smart YouTube channel. And be sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> you got all kinds of electrical puns going in that one. You like that? Yeah. Yeah, you Just were supercharged up there. Um, <laughs> the uh, So it's a low profile. If you can imagine what a, your typical receptacle looks like on the wall, it it's almost exactly the same size, but it only has a depth of maybe, I don't even think it's three quarters of an inch. Might be. There's even a little spot, if you hang it, that you can put your phone on top, as Lindsay mentioned, to charge it. But what I think is great is, um, you know, you could almost travel with this. You could, but it's got that adhesive pad on the back so that you don't want to lose the stick. Well, no, so you wouldn't even use that. I'm just saying that, um, like, when we travel, my, well, you do, you have an Apple Watch. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you do you mm-hmm. when you travel? Do you bring your iPad? Yes. Yeah. So me, I just bring my phone. So I need one cord. That's it. Because mm-hmm. I'm on vacation. Yeah. But we were just, you know, my wife and I were traveling, and she has an Apple Watch, so that's one charger. The phone, that's yeah. another charger, and the iPad, that's another charger. When you go to most hotels, they don't have all those plugs, you know, and you're plugging something over there, and she'll read on the iPad, whatever. This one you could take, plug in, and it's got a long enough cord. You could just set it on the... I know it's not designed for that, but it also has two USB chargers on the side. Yes. Which is cool. And a little shelf yeah, for your shelf, phone. Right, to, to hang your phone. Right. If you were going to... But yeah, it has the sticky thing on the back. I have one of these, and um, Lindsay and I can't remember if I, if I sent it to her or she sent it to me or we were just on the same wavelength. But we used one of these in our uh, the home that we're in now. We've added, done some electrical work, but there was one room where it was like, well, it's too difficult to add it. I plugged it in. I moved it over. I stuck it to the wall. It works great. So check it out. Go to uh, YouTube.com slash TV to learn more. It's a good one. 857-557-4LU. 857-557-4568 is our phone number. Uh, this is Joe in Palatine. Hey, Joe, good morning. Good morning, Lou. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I have a cedar deck, and 
the ends of some of the boards are starting to deteriorate. Yeah. Usually I notice that these are the ones that I've already moved or cut. So I'm wondering, is there a product that you can treat the end of the boards with after a cut? <clears throat> oh, so you're going to... You're gonna you're gonna recut these and then just to clean them up, you have enough space to do that, or you're you're gonna try and fill in what you have now. I take I buy some new boards. I see, but I take boards that are have deteriorated ends. I'll take a larger one and cut it to a smaller space. Right. So I buy less wood. Got it. And is the deck stained currently? Uh, it, well, it was, I right. just pressure washed it with all the nice weather. Got it. And, you know, I'm going to restain it after it's all done. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and the end, I, I call, no, hold on a second. The end of the board that we're talking about, I'm going to see that like when I'm on the ground, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, really what? So if you're going to restain it, you're going to... Excuse me. Go ahead. Excuse me. I was... Maybe I misunderstood. It's not an... It's an end cut, but it's laid in the deck. You don't see that. You don't see the end as butted I up see. against another piece okay. of wood. Okay. All right. Perfect. Then that's what I want to know. Um, have you ever seen the black tar material that you can buy when you cut a limb off of a tree? Yes. That's what I want you to use. Okay. So what you're going to do, you're going to cut your board that's going to fit into your decking. Now, this is a little, not tricky, but you want to you wanna do this carefully just on the end. So you're going right. to take a small brush, and it, and it comes in a, they, they have a small container of it, like a half a pint, or maybe it's a, that's more than a pint, it's probably two pints, a two-pint container. And you're going to pop that off, stir it really well, and you're going to dab this on the end of that cedar to fill in that gap. And you're going to try not to get it on the very top. If you did, you could sand it a little bit so that when you stain it, it's all consistent. Pop that back into right. place, stain your whole deck, and I bet you'll never have to do that again because of that. Great. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate you calling this morning, 857 857- Five five seven four Lou. We're broadcasting from the Permaseal Foundation Repair Studios. We'll t- take a quick break and be back right after this. Now back to Lou Manfredini and House Smarts Radio. Welcome back. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. This is uh, Kimberly in Elgin. Hi, Kimberly. Hi, Lou. It's a thrill to talk to you. I'm so grateful for all the help you give us every oh, week. My, my pleasure. How may I help you this morning? Well, my daughter and son-in-law have butcher block countertops, and they were doing some cooking with uh, his mom, and somehow they had a very long pan or something that extended over the sides of the cooktop and the butcher block countertops got scorched on mm. either side. Is there anything they can do short of new countertops? Well, we can sand it. 
Um, so wait, it got okay. scorched where? Um, on either side. So if, if you're holding the pan on the cooktop, both the right and the left, just a little bit oh, on each side. So of the where? So stove. where the cooktop? Is it a, is it a slide in range or is it a cooktop that fits inside the counter? Um. I mean, it's their oven, you know. Right, so home. it sits. So it and sits. It, it sits on the ground. Yeah. On correct. the floor, and it slides into that cavity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, what we need to do is pull that oven out and be careful not to damage okay. the floor. What's the floor in that kitchen? Okay. Do you know? Uh, it's hardwood. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you can buy. What's a good idea, you know, like when you get an appliance delivered, they'll come with sheets of uh, like a, a quarter inch masonite. You know, it's a very thin, if you went and bought a half sheet of it at a lumberyard, it, trust me, it's worth the effort. Because when you slide that oven out, if you scratch the floor, it, it, everything's going to go from bad to worse, Right. So, okay. so you're gonna sli- yeah. you're gonna slide that you're gonna put the masonite on the floor, slide it up against the oven. Someone's gonna lift the oven up a little bit to get the masonite mm-hmm. under the front feet, and then you're gonna drag this thing out into the kitchen. So now the area okay. where the range is, I can see, and I can see the butcher block. Yes. Now, your daughter is it your daughter? Yes, and son in law, and he's very handy. All right, so, he'll so, do this. so he's going to get a random orbit sander in a um, probably a medium grit paper and then a fine grit paper. And he's going to end up sanding. Okay. I mean, he. I don't want him just sanding the scorched part. He's going to have to sand it probably more than that to even okay. it all out. Okay. And it's kind of one of those things. How, how long have they had the butcher block? Um,. Three years? Yeah. So, you know, there's probably some scratches on it now that, you know, that have happened because they probably used it, you know. And so he may be refinishing the whole top with this random orbit sander. And then when when he gets it nice and smooth, um, you typically treat a butcher block top with mineral oil. Oh, right. Okay. So then he'll take, uh, you'll buy probably a couple bottles, small bottles of mineral oil, pour it into a container, take a clean cotton rag, and work that into the countertop, you know, throughout the whole perimeter okay. of it. Um, that'll even help, especially on the ends of it, too. That'll help from it scorching again. And with the mineral oil, oh, okay. when, he, when you put that on and then he wipes it off, then you want to leave it probably for a couple hours. It, it may be a little... Not sticky, but it'll you'll feel it until it gets absorbed into the mm-hmm. wood. And it's not a bad idea with a butcher block top like that to do, you know, depending mm-hmm. on if they're really active cookers, um, mm-hmm. to uh, to put that probably three times a year to treat it with the, okay. with the mineral oil. Okay. Well, that sounds good. Can I ask you another quick question? Sure. Um. Totally unrelated, but you talked the other week about uh, getting your dryer vent cleaned out. Yep. And but my deck comes out in the back where my dryer vent is. Is there any way you can clean the dryer vent from inside the house? You mean like, can the, you move you mean, the dryer? You mean the deck covers the vent? Yeah. So somebody, I mean, and plus the deck has a skirting on the bottom. Right. So 
I guess someone would have to like crawl under there. I don't, but I when you're, know if it could be done for but when you're inside the house where the dryer is, can you see where the pipe is? Uh, yes. Okay. So if you take that hose off right there at the point where it okay. goes out, most of the lint okay. is right there. So oh, okay. I would I would wear a glove because there can be sharp edges in there. And if you take that hose off mm. and you gr- literally put your hand inside that pipe and peel it off or use a shop vac um, to you know get it all clean, most of the lint on a dryer is either where that vent is coming through the wall or right where it's connected mm-hmm. to the dryer. Okay. So take that entire hose out, clean that, clean the lint, the, excuse me, the lint, uh, behind the dryer there as well. Again, wearing like a, a good pair of gloves so you don't cut yourself. Put it all back together, mm-hmm. and uh, you should see that uh, it even dries. You know your your clothes a little faster because you got rid of the lint. All right, fantastic. Thank you so much, Lou. I appreciate you. Have a great uh, day. I appreciate you more. Eight five seven five five seven four, Lou. It's like when my kids will text me and they say, "Love you." I go, "Love you more." Uh, this is Jim in Mundelein. Hey, Jim, good morning. Morning, Lou. Uh, garage floor question. About 30 years ago, I used a Rust-Oleum cement stain to, you know, coat my floor. Yep. And it didn't last. Two years, it was 90% gone. Didn't work. <clears throat> Anyways, I've been thinking again about putting some type of coating down, professionally put down some coating, or maybe myself. Um, there are remnants of that old stain on the floor. What's that going to do to me? Not going to help you. I mean, unless you're going to do no. an. I mean, if you're going to do an epoxy, okay. Now, if you're going to, if you're going to hire somebody professionally to come do the epoxy, they're going to come in and basically sand that floor and take that cream layer off of the concrete to expose the uh-huh. expose the aggregate underneath. And then they're going to prime it and then build up with an epoxy coating to go over the top of that. Now, keep in will that Will that cover up the potholes? Yeah. The well, potholes? I, yeah, right. It will because they're the professional ones will end up being, you know, you'll end up with almost a quarter of an inch of epoxy. Oh, okay. Right. And they'll, they'll do a little yeah. patching if there's low spots and whatnot. But here's the thing, um, Jim, that, that can be five six seven bucks a square foot to have done so a two-car garage would be 400 square feet times okay let's say six bucks oh that's 2400 isn't it right so now that being said if you're trying to i i just uh did this maybe go look at this go to weathertech.com WeatherTech, okay. They make a flooring system for a garage that is a click-together plastic tile, 12 by 12. I just featured it as a as a solution for on on WGN TV, and um, you could do that same two-car garage for about a thousand bucks, and it looks really nice. Oh, I bet it looks really nice. But then you got all that dust and dirt down under it. Not if you clean it first, and then it's a layer over the top, and nothing goes. It's solid once it's all together, and you can drive the car over it. It's non-slip. It comes in a bunch of different colors. It's really cool stuff. Check it out. 
Jim, I appreciate the phone call. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Hey, Jim, good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning. You know how you have to keep repeating things because people don't listen? Yes. Listen up, because you're tuned in to Lou. This is going to be one of those I've heard the answer before, but all right, it happened to me this time. (laughs) He's taking your calls live all morning long. All you have to do is pick up that phone. Now back to Lou Manfredini and House Smarts Radio on this beautiful Saturday morning. Take it, Lou. Like we're on stage. Take it, Lou. Eight ten in the morning. Eight five seven five five seven four. Lou is our phone number. Eight five seven five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. And uh, what can we do to help you this morning? Coming up a little bit later on, we're going to talk about um, some metal roofing. I think it's a cool option. And I had this really nice discussion uh, with this gentleman who is the president of the Metal Roofing Alliance, which, uh, you know, of course, there's a alliance or association for everything. And uh, it's kind of nice to talk to folks like that because, you know, they're just sort of giving you the information about there that's... Uh, in the industry and you know you think about metal roofs and how long they can last and architecturally how pleasing they are which i really think is a cool idea and uh, a lot less weight as well uh when you're putting them on top of a home so how do, how does the rain sound on those metal roofs roof roofs um well it's definitely a sound you know yeah. that definitely um i mean some people like it and some people mm. don't mm-hmm. um but uh, I think it's kind of cool, and I think that if you're looking to architecturally change the look of your home and really want to do something dramatic, um, it's a cool way to go for sure. 857 Let's get back to the phone calls this morning. Uh, this is Frank and Joliet. Frank, good morning. Good morning there, Lou. Thanks for taking my call, uh, weekly listener. Enjoy your show. Uh, my question is, I had a window well uh, leak down there, and uh, on the outside of the house, they dug it up. They took the, uh, I think they call it a bucket, that metal that's up on top. Okay. And they, they backhoed it and dug down and crawled in there and cleaned it up and patched the leak and all the way up to the top. And they put dirt in there, and everything's back in its place. And I go over there, they, uh, there's clay, like uh, kind of normal height, you would have a filler in there. But it's clay, and I was wondering, is that going to hold water now, or should that have been gravel or dirt? You mean clay you mean on the outside of the home it's clay? Yes, down, it was dirt on top and you know, wood chips and stuff, and then as they got down deeper, they got into the clay. So I'm thinking the old days, this house was built in the 60s, yeah. they used clay. For, well, it's probably, for, yeah, I mean, probably the clay is in that soil already. You know, just based on, you know, depending on where it's located. I mean, was there a window well, was there a window well uh, cover there or window well uh, frame around it or they just dug down and exposed the crack? There was a frame around it, that corrugated looking metal. And that frame and and the frame's gone? No, they put it back and then they, they were in there with a machine packing down. 
all that dirt. And then when they got to the top, I wasn't there. I was in the house, but they put that metal piece back in place. And then on top, okay, they wait. filled it up. To, well, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. I'm just trying to. So yep. there's a new frame in there, but there's not a, if I'm in your basement, there's not a window down there. Yes, there is. Uh, yeah, there, there's a window. Okay, so when I'm looking out of the window, I see the corrugated window well, correct? And you're saying at the base of that, below where the window frame is, that's clay? Mm-hmm, yes. But there's a cover on top. There's no cover, like a plastic no. cover. And there's no, and up. there's no drain at the base of this window well? I really couldn't tell you. They were down there. The gas line was down there. Once they were in the hole, they patched up the crack. And then they put a black tar-looking material over it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then they, last time I come by, they were pouring the dirt in there with a the backhoe, and then they were stomping it down with a stomper, uh, gas, I guess. And uh, then they put that metal corrugated material in, and all I see now in the window well itself is clay. I'm like, how is this going uh, to fill up with rain when it happens? Yeah, I mean, what I don't know, and it doesn't sound like you do either, is if a lot of times there's a drain in there that leads to... Do you have a sump Uh pump? Do you have a sump pump in this house or no? Yes, I do. You do. Um, So, I mean, it could be that there's a drain in there, but you should typically see that drain right at that level. You know, where... And and, uh, in a perfect world, gravel would be great to allow it to drain. I mean... If if they sealed up the crack and they did waterproof correctly, you shouldn't have a problem. But, um, you know, to hedge your bet, I'd probably put a plastic cover on the top of that thing over on top. Yeah, because I, just, I put new uh, glass black windows in, too. I said, this thing's going to fill up like a fishbowl. <laughs> right, right. And so, you know, you can measure that window well. And you can order a plastic cover that'll fit. Those are, re- you know, they're rel- relatively standard sizes. And you would just mount, yep. you'd mount it either with clips um, so that you put in a glass block window so there's no egress out of that window any longer. No, but I do have the billful doors on the you do. wall. Okay. All right. Okay. Good. Yeah. I'd get a plastic cover. Uh-huh. Okay. We'll give that a try. I was kind of thinking of that, too. Yeah, but uh, yeah, seeing that clay there just uh, didn't seem right. But uh, I think you're, your I think you're probably fine. But in a heavy rainstorm, I would, you know, if you if you just cover it and shed the water away, it shouldn't be a problem. <clears throat> okay, sounds good. Thanks. Thanks for listening. I appreciate you calling this morning. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Hey, it's uh, time now to hear from Lindsay about what's new over at Builder Supply Outlet. Open the door to savings at Builder's Supply Outlet with their all-new supply of pre-finished fiberglass doors in stunning black and white finishes. Single, double, and doors with side lights are now available and ready to take home today. Choose your configuration, style, and color. These doors will not warp, rot, dent, or split, and they're energy efficient with low-E insulated glass. Located five miles east of the Oak Brook Shopping Mall or online at buildersupplyoutlet.com. Happy weekend. 
Here's Hale's Corner. At Hale's Corners near Milwaukee. Did you go to a fish fry last night? Well, of course. What else did they serve there? They give you hush puppies or french fries? Potato pancakes. Oh, my gosh. Fridays are for fish fries. Kathleen, how can I help you this morning? Saturdays are for Lou. I was wondering if you can help me with my heartburn from the pancakes. Now back to Lou Manfredini. <laughs> right here on a House Smarts Radio. Welcome back. Looking like a two survivor. 857 557 This is uh, Dan in Winfield. Hey, Dan, good morning. Hey, Lou, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well, sir. What's going on? Hey, so we, uh, in our family room, we replaced um, our outlets, the electrical outlets, and um, now the, the lamps that are plugged into the outlets, every so often, I would say probably happens once an hour, the lamps will... Both of them will just dim quickly and then come back to where it normally is. And it was not doing that before we replaced the outlets. We did have an electrician replace the outlets. Um, sadly, you know, you always want to blame the electrician, but I don't want to blame the electrician. Just curious what could be the problem and why what's happening. So all they did was replace the receptacles. They didn't do any new wiring or anything like that. No, they did not. Just the receptacles. My wife wanted them white instead of tan. Um, and she, as she should, um, (laughs) but so here's my question. Um, do you notice that, uh, okay, okay, hold on. Where are these receptacles? They are in the family room. Okay. And, and do you notice when the refrigerator kicks on or something like that, that's when they dim? Um, no, no, not at all. And obvious, or, or crazy enough, nothing else in the house is dimming either. It's just the family room. Mm-hmm. All right. And then last night, believe it or not, it, uh, it dimmed enough to where the TV actually went off and came back on. Yeah, so there's something on that same circuit with your family room. There is some major appliance that is kicking on that's drawing amperage you know for startup and and that's what's going on and so the fact that it only happened after the outlets makes me think that you know a lot of times what will happen is if there's a if there's a separate circuit um they'll they'll do what's called a pigtail they'll tie the hot wires and the neutral wires together with um uh wire nuts but then they'll pigtail off of that to the outlet now you can still get that dip and draw, but if they didn't, that's one way to alleviate that, or they'll bypass that. Something in that wiring on how those receptacles were put together has changed. One other thing, on these lights, these lamps, you didn't change anything in the lamps, like the different bulbs or anything like that? Uh, no, we did not. No. Everything's the same. We need to get the electrician back. If it didn't happen before, they need to... They, it sounds like something in those receptacles wasn't wired correctly. And it's just two of them? Uh, there's four. There's but four. But the, uh, the outlets, yeah, but you know what? Um, so the three of the, outlet, three of the four are being used. Uh, the TV's into one, and then the lamps are each into one. Right. So three of the four, yep. Okay. The other thing that I would just do as a test when you get home, go down to the... Go down to the, or wherever your, um, you know, box is. The box. Find the breaker that says family room. 
and kill it and find out what else gets turned off. Okay, that's some, a great idea. Some major, okay. some major appliance in that house is on that same circuit causing this draw. Okay. Okay. And then um, the pigtail, if you could explain that one one more time to me, um, just as a thought, were they... Is it the neutral that they... The neutral wire, there should be a pigtail that goes to these outlets individually, pigtailed off of... All the neutral wires should be connected together with in one thing, and then a little pigtail, which is a short wire that comes off of that, goes to the receptacle to try and alleviate this problem. Okay. I will look into that. I'll see if there's a major appliance that's drawing off of it, and then uh, we will talk back with the electrician. Yeah, and I here, really appreciate here, here, your. Here's the thing: if you find that, well, you know what? The, it's the dryer or it's the refrigerator that should be on its own circuit. Okay, got it. Okay, well, this will help and uh, give us a, a starting point at the, yeah, to tar- start take a look at things. All right, call me back. Thank you, Lou. Bye. Appreciate you calling this morning. 857 Lou. This is uh, Amy in Champaign. Good Hi, morning. Amy. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Great. I have a question. I've got a, we have a three-season um, outdoor porch, you know, and it's currently got carpet. It sits on a concrete slab, and I really want to put sort of that classic black and white vinyl tile on it, okay. and I'm just curious whether or not that will hold through the winter. Um, what about um, what about a luxury vinyl tile? Do they, does that come in um, like black and white square? You know what I'm talking uh-huh. about, sort of. I mean, like a, in a cafe. Yeah, like a twelve by twelve or a six by six. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Sure. And so the, you know, the, now I don't, the thing is you want in in an area like that, you want it it to be a floating system, right? Um, Okay. So I don't want it glued down because the beauty of the luxury vinyl is that um, they're 100% waterproof. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you, the, the carpeting you have now, it just, is it, do you know if it's glued down or is it just stretched? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's glued down. Okay. Um, and and you've had this three season room for a while. Yeah, it's been here 35 years. So you haven't ever and had I any. We, you haven't had any issues with water like seeping up through the concrete or anything like that. No. Okay. No. The only water we've had was came in through the bottom of the doors, but we've since replaced the doors, okay. so it's not, it's not been a problem. The reason I say that is that, you know, if it's glued down, when you peel up the carpeting, that glue will be really difficult to get up if they, you know, if they put it everywhere, and so you just want to clean that mm-hmm. up best you can, and then the lu- mm-hmm. luxury vinyl is an overlay flooring. It clicks together, and, um, okay. and um, then... It floats over the floor, right? It'll sit there. It won't move when it gets put down properly. And um, uh-huh. 100%, 100% waterproof, so if you spill a glass of iced tea on it or whatever, you don't have to, like, freak uh-huh. out. You just wipe it up and go, and it won't damage it whatsoever. And it looks really, really nice and super durable. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah, when I think of luxury vinyl, I sort of think of the plank. I didn't realize it also came in um, square tiles. It does. So, well, it may it, 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 it may come in planks, but it has that pattern mm-hmm. in it. You know what I mean? So it may not be 12 oh, by 12 tiles, but the, I, I, I know that you'll find it in a luxury vinyl for sure. Okay. As far Any as particular br- brands, yeah, I mean, so think? as as far as brands go, the the biggest thing, you know, Mohawk uh, is is a big brand you can do in this. Armstrong, of course, has been around for a long time. There's a company called Johnson Flooring that is very good. the The thing that you're gonna, if you go to some place like um, like a floor and decor, okay, there's a bunch of those mm-hmm. around the Chicagoland area. They have a pretty good selection there of these tiles. And if they, you know, mm-hmm. if they don't have the black and white in stock, which they may not, but I bet they do because that's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty common. Um okay. you can order it, but the the thing the thing that they're going to talk to you about is the wear finish, okay? So remember, luxury okay. vinyl is it's a vinyl tile and what you see, whether it looks like wood or it looks like tile, it's a photograph of that finish that they place onto the substrate, and then they put what's called a wear film over the top. You want at okay. least 12 mil of a wear film. Okay. Up to 20 is great. Like if they say, oh, it's got a 20 mil wear film over the top of it, that's great. Anything over that is not worth it. Don't pay for it. Okay. All right. Great. Well, you got, thank you very much. Good I luck. It. Sounds like a fun project. It'll look great. It's, it really will transform the way it looks when you're done with that. Thanks so much for the phone call. All right. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about metal roofing and how it might be the last roof you ever put on your home. Right after this report at WGN Radio News with Don Kleppen. You're listening to your big brother in the business. That's right, Lou Manfredini. And he's taking your calls live right here on House Smarts Radio. Nothing wrong with a hard hat and a hammer. Kind of blue and sticks this world together. Hands of steel and cradle of the promised land. God bless the working man. Welcome back to House Smarts Radio. Now, you know, when it comes to uh, building and renovating our homes, right, whether it's a new kitchen or a new living room or room addition, whatever it is, the shell, the structure of the home has to be sound and it has to be tight. And we got to keep the weather out, right? And there's a lot of um, different options when it comes to how you do this, siding, windows, roofing in particular. One of the oldest uh, roofing systems that's out there is metal roofing. And I know for a lot of us, maybe you're driving around and you'll see an old farm or a barn or something like that with the metal roof, and it might be a little rusty and dated, but it's still there. Chances are it's over 100 years old. Well, metal roofing is never went away, and it's even changed quite a bit. So I wanted to have a, a further conversation about that and learn a little bit about it. Joining me on the phone line is Todd Miller, who is the president of the Metal Roofing Alliance. Todd, good morning, and welcome to House Smarts Radio. Good morning, Lou. Thanks so much for having me. Um, the, the the setup there, right? You you drive down, especially in the Midwest, you see a lot of uh, <laughs> old farms, and you may see an old barn with a metal roof, and, and it's still there, and it's still shedding the water. Um, th- this has been around a long time, hasn't it? 
Oh, it absolutely has. You know, it's kind of funny when America was settled, you know, by Europeans, um, there was a lot of metal roofing being used in Europe at the time. And, you know, there's metal roofs dating back to the time of uh, King Solomon's temple he built in about 1000 BC. But, you know, they came here to to this country and there were indigenous materials such as wood and slate that they started using. They were just easier to use than, yeah. than metals. And uh, so metal wasn't used initially, but then in the 1800s, really um, a lot with the insistence, we believe, of Thomas Jefferson, uh, who building his home Monticello in Virginia said, you know, I want to use metal. And uh, so we saw more metal coming into favor. And you go back to the turn of the last century, 1900, there were actually a lot of metal shingles also being made. But then with the war efforts, both World War One and World War Two, a lot of the metals were eaten up for that. And so metal kind of fell by the wayside for a few years. And then post-World War II, we, we saw it start to come back. The uh, you know that 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 image of the of the of the rusty metal roof on on the barn <laughs> is maybe not the <laughs> probably not one that uh, the Metal Roofing <laughs> Alliance wants to uh, hang its hat on because they have become. I mean, I, I have given advice on this very radio show. You know, people said, what do you think about metal roofs? And I said, well, it's not only going to be probably the last roof you ever put on your home, but it's probably one of the most architecturally significant surfaces you could put on a, on a home because you have so many options, and, and now more than ever, as to how it's going to change the look of your home. You're absolutely right. A lot of folks will think about a roof and they may do the same thing they have always had or all their neighbors have. And yet, you know, about two thirds of the visible exterior of most homes is roofing. And so, you know, as we have developed more exciting colors and even multi-hued metal roofs and, and exciting designs, uh, metal roof doesn't necessarily have to look like a barn roof anymore. Right. Um, you know, we have found that folks will start to see, gosh, I can actually design my home at the roof as well, rather than just, you know, become sort of a foregone conclusion. I'll use the same thing everyone else is using. Right. Um, now, the the standing seam roof, which I think maybe most are familiar with, is that long, kind of from the peak of the roof down to the eave, right? It's it's panels that right. get installed, multi-colors that you can do, right? Any, I mean, really, I, I would imagine almost any color you wanted to. And, and now, because of the way those get finished, I, I mean, they just, they just last and last and last. They really do. And a lot happened, especially in the late 80s with the commercialization of uh, some paint finishes that have far superior weatherability in terms of fade and chalk resistance. And for the most part, it's usually those higher end finishes you see being used residentially because, you know, folks obviously want something that's going to be maintenance free mm. and something that's going to look great as well. And uh, you're right, usually on the standing seam roofs, they're kind of used 
using solid colors usually there's not a whole lot of patterning going on but then there's a whole other world of metal roofs that we call modular metal panels or metal shingles uh, that may look like slate or shake or tile and those products are often utilizing some very new technology uh, where we can actually put multiple colors uh, of paint on the metal or we can build up textures and we can do some things to make those products have a more natural or or even a weathered look you'll Mm. be surprised sometimes out west we run into people building homes and they say i want my roof to look like it's been there a hundred (laughs) years and you know you can you could do a metal roof that does that and those uh that installation is 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 sort of similar uh to a traditional shingle right those those may go on uh, horizontally where they get stacked all the way up that is correct. Very similar to standard shingles, except they do interlock rather than, you know, you got to line everything up real carefully with right. asphalt shingles. Um, these actually interlock, so they, they kind of keep their own squareness. Once you start out at the, the edge of the roof or the bottom of the roof, the way any metal roof uh, will interlock kind of keeps its own squareness. And, you know, that really simplifies installation and uh, kind of takes some of the thought process out of installation. You still got to have someone that knows what they're doing. Sure, Don't get me wrong. Sure. Um. <laughs> right. And 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 the the issue too that I've always been attracted to with metal roofing is that here it is this very durable um you know in the in the in the in the example of a standing seam roof, you know, you've got very little, you know, it's a vertical long vertical panel that is essentially custom made for the for the size of the roof, you know, the way the layout is, but it's very lightweight, right? It's not adding a ton of weight to the structure of the home. That's correct. And boy, that is increasingly a concern with aging structures. You know, we'll get involved with a lot of older homes or churches or other buildings and they're like, I got to get some weight off this because I'm starting to see some signs that I've got too much weight on the roof. And so, you know, a steel roof typically, as a general rule of thumb, is going to be about one-third to one-fourth the weight of traditional asphalt shingles. An aluminum roof is actually going to be about one-seventh the weight of asphalt shingles. Right. I mean, I think it's important to, to, to state that it isn't, we think metal, it's not just steel, it's aluminum as well. It's metal. Right. Yep. And, and copper as well, like good old Thomas Jefferson was using. Sure, sure. Now, um, you know, I, I mentioned at the beginning, I mean, the, these roofs, when they're installed, I mean, it's clearly uh, something that you could say, probably without hesitation, that it, it could probably last 100 years, if not more. It, it really could. So the paint finishes that we're using today on the painted products, um, probably have an what we call erosion uh, expectancy of sure. about 60 to 80 years. Now, at the end of that time period, it certainly can be repainted. But then you also have options for unpainted metal roofs, you know, be it copper or anodized aluminum or zinc or some other options that are just going to be durable from the from day one and never have to have any sort of recoating done on them. Have you, uh, as part of the alliance, I mean, I'm sure that you've done studies and and whatnot, but uh, talk a little bit about how durable uh, this is as a roofing product when it comes to extreme weather conditions. Um, 
So, so as far as studies that we've done, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So there's been a pretty significant study done into some older metal roofs that were actually commercial industrial applications, but, you know, still showed what metal can do. And these were steel roofs that did not have a paint finish on them. And we have gone back and analyzed those roofs. And, you know, the roofs now are 25, 30 years old. And we said, gosh, these are going to last at least 80 years. Hmm. Um, so you've got a lot of you know, a lot of life expectancy there. But, you know, then you've got the other benefits because the panels do interlock. They just, they don't just depend upon gravity to hold them in place. So you've got uh, very high wind loading capabilities with these products. Of course, you've got fire resistance as well and that metal is non-combustible. And we're seeing so much demand for that right now in the fire areas of of our country. Um, And and even the low weight is beneficial in terms of seismic uh, activity. So uh, my company sells a lot of roofing in Japan, and the whole reason is that they want low-weight roofing materials because they do have so much seismic activity going on. And you put put a heavy tile roof on top of a structure and things start moving, it yeah. can get exciting real yeah, fast. Yeah, so right. They want <laughs> what a low weight roof up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because um, my wife and I just moved into a, a we just downsized to a, a smaller home, and it has an original concrete tile roof. Okay. Mm. Now it's a very steep pitch, and um, and what's interesting about it is there is no insulation in the attic. Now, wow. That. I, I think, although, you know, I, I've, I've built a lot of homes, and I remember this years ago, was by design. Because 100 years ago, they didn't really care about energy efficiency. And, right, and sure. right, they figured, well, the heat will escape, and it'll melt the snow off of this heavy roof. But when you You're go, right. But when you go up there and you look at, you know, they're basically two-by-fours, <laughs> you know, that the roof was made from 100 years ago. Very steep. Uh, and might, they might be actually two-by-six now that I think about it. But, you know, in you want to say, oh, I'm going to add insulation, right? I want to warm the place up. I'm like, uh. But then I'm going to not melt that snow, and I'm going to create a load issue that this wasn't designed for. And now I'm thinking, boy, you know, a metal roof might make a lot of sense because I'm going to take, I mean, imagine the weight that you're taking off of that roof when you take the the, the tile. Um, Talk to me, though, a little bit about cost because, um, you know, where does metal roofing uh, compare to traditional? It's by no means the cheapest, but it's, it's not terribly out of whack to have this installed. No, that's very true. And, you know, what What a lot of times I see is the typical metal roof customer is someone who says, you know, I intend to stay in this house for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. They'll, they're going to have to carry me out of here, that right, type of thing. Right. Um, but, you know, the nice thing about metal roofing is you've got a lot of price points. So you've got what I call entry-level metal roofs that really are going to be pretty similar um, cost to asphalt shingles. Now, no one's going to claim that they're going to have the life of some of the better metal roofs, but they still at least step someone into a little bit higher uh, roof. And then you've got the higher-end, uh, you know, better, maybe more aesthetic, but certainly longer-lasting metal roofs with the high-performance coatings. And Typically, those will be about two and a half to three times the cost of of a standard shingle roof. Right, right. 
But it is something, uh, you know, when you're thinking about an investment like that, that is a value-added proposition because even what you just said about I'm going to stay in this house 10, 15, even 20 years, 20 years from now, uh, you know, anybody looking at that's going, well, that roof's got another 80 years in it, you know, or, or, or yeah, I mean, exactly. that, that, that's, that to me is an unspoken value added proposition that, and, and architecturally, I think they're just absolutely beautiful. Certainly have a lot of good options available in terms of aesthetics, no doubt about it. And, you know, I'm someone that's uh, been at this quite a while. And one of my observations over the years has been, Roofing prices double about every 15 years. Doesn't make any difference what the product is. Hmm. So if you think about, you know, putting on a metal roof now and going through just one re-roofing cycle of a traditional asphalt roof, well, that roof's probably going to be double the cost in 15 years than it is today. So right there, you've got three times the cost, which is the cost of the initial metal roof investment. That's such a good uh, observation. I really appreciate that. That's a good one. Todd Miller is is the president of the Metal Roofing Alliance. Uh, they represent not only contractors, but manufacturers of metal roofing. Uh, Todd, if people want to learn more about metal roofing, where do they go? Well, metalroofing.com is the Alliance's website. Um, great information, photos, uh, et cetera. Again, metalroofing.com, it steps you through the different products that are available. But then I also have an educational website I'll put a plug in for where sure. I love it when people send me their, their trickiest questions about roofing or ventilation or insulation, whatever it might be. And um, that is asktoddmiller.com. And, you know, out of that, you can also link to see uh, different metal roofs as well. But asktoddmiller.com and Throw me your hardest questions you got. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Thank you so much for taking the time this morning. I, I hope you have a great rest of your day. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure, Lou. You take care. Thanks for all you do. You're listening to House Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Our phone number is 857-557-4LOU, 857-557-4568. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. This is a house that Jack built, y'all. Now back to Lou Manfredini. Remember this Taking your calls right here on House Smarts Radio. Welcome back. Remember this house. 857-557-4 this is uh, Sandy in St. Charles. Hi, Sandy. Hi, Lou. How are you? I'm well. What's going on? I have a home that's about 50 years old, and it's a two-story on a slab. Uh, and when I sit in the uh, dining area, I can see, and when I sit in the living area, I can see that the table is slanted from north to south. And when I put something on there, it will roll. So I think my house is shifting, and I wanted to know who I could call to see about fixing that. Mm. Uh, all right, you're gonna. We just talked about their uh, attic insulation, but you're gonna call Permaseal because they okay. offer structural solutions, and they may may be able to, depending on how this house is built. They can assess what's going on, and they can dig around that area of the home 
and put down what's called push piers, where they go down mm-hmm. to the bedrock and they literally lift your house out of the ground, but in a well, way that's so secure that it isn't going to move ever again. And um, oh, okay. And you know that's the kind of thing. How long have you been in that house, Sandy? Uh, twenty-four years. Yeah, it's the kind of thing when you go to sell someday, it's going to be an issue. Right. So you don't want to, um, you don't want to, you you want to handle that. Eight hundred four two one seal is the phone number. Four two one seal. Okay. Yeah. Call them. Have them come out. It's a free consultation uh, for them to come out. It won't cost you anything for them to show up, and they can assess what's going on, and then determine what the best course of action is to correct it. And they should be able to help you. I appreciate the phone call. Bumping up against time. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Let's move on down to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Hi. hi. I forgot your name. Uh, it's Lou. Lou. Okay. You're listening to Lou Manfredini. All right, Bob, what can I do for you? Oh, good morning, Alan. Oh, no, you said Lou. Hey, we know it's early. <laughs> Thanks for waking up with us. So how can I help you, Jim? Uh, all right, this is Bob. Bob, Betty, Bo, whoever you are, Lou is taking your calls right now. Now back to your host on House Smarts Radio. Well, who are you? I mentioned that, uh, you know, Don is an overachiever when it comes to the word of the day, but I would like to acknowledge the transition for our Andy from going from tenacious D to the Bulls not playing D. That, my friend, was very good. Well, Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Agreed. That was, uh, it seemed like a natural tie-in. Oh, my God. I prefer addict, by the way, to overachiever. I'm an addict for the word of the day. (laughs) And there is no cure. Yeah, exactly. He needs more cowbell, more words of the day. My favorite is when he says it. He'll say, a bullions. Pause. 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 Like, right. Am I going to get Not my, every time. Am I get my like, horn toot right, or right. trumpet? Only, <laughs> only when I'm in the newscast and I have to play like the tease little bumper thingy, you know, because right. I'm, I'm pressing a button. But then if- but see, somebody's what I not love on it, it and then it's, it's silence, right. it's even worse. Right. What <laughs> I love about it. I mean, I feel it. so bad for you. Yeah. Is like, the whole oh. thing, and Don and I have talked about this, and, and I think for Andy too, it's, you know, the news of the day can be super depressing. Yeah. I mean, oh, if I yeah. was a news person, it would be, it'd be hard. There's a lot of hard stuff you got to report, which really stinks. Totally. And when, I mean, I mean, that's why I, I see don't mean to say, states as much as I do. Right. Exactly. I mean, it, and it's, it's just, uh, <laughs> I want, and and when we when Don first started working with us, I said find a good fun story. Every it's Saturday. Mm-hmm. There's always and you do, you do a really good job of that. And Thank Andy you. with the sports, you know, sometimes the sports is a downer, but Correct. it can also be jubilant and fun. Yeah, right. and it's fun to throw that word of the day in there and have a little well, fun with it. Of course, it is. I love it. Right? Yeah. Right. So keep the vibes pretty good on this show. I think we, we want to keep the vibes good. Yeah. I'll try. I'll try to remember that. That was a, uh, you know, that was a uh, Lyle, De- Lyle Dean, the great Lyle Dean, who I just recently got to see down in Florida. Mm-hmm. He was always like, he was the one that said, you got to have a good story on a Saturday. And he would always put some positive story on a Saturday in his newscast, which I always, you know, when I was young and just starting out, which is crazy, this month will be 29 years that I've been on WGN radio. Wow. Which mm. is crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and, um, 
when I was starting out, I didn't get it. And then the longer you do this, you realize that it's, you know, it's good to keep things light and focused on, you know, I try to just focus on your, your issues, what's going on in your house. Let's solve those problems and have a little fun along the way. And what's, how, how does that hurt? Right. That's not a bad thing to do on a Saturday. There's plenty of other stuff you can get bogged down in, uh, during the week. And totally, we want to keep it light and fun. Yeah. Those are for Mondays. Those stories. You know? so. <laughs> Let's keep, exactly. let's keep these vibes Listen to Bob nice. Surratt on Monday for all that depressing <laughs> stuff with Steve Grzanich, right? Exactly. That's well. our new uh, top-of-the-hour sounder, I think. <laughs> right. 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 When you want depressing news Monday through Friday, come here to WGN Radio. No, yep. I'm kidding. Yep, yep. 857 Lou. 857 Let's go back to the phone lines here. This is Bob in Highland Park. Hey, Bob, good morning. Morning, Lou. How are you? I'm doing well, sir. What's going on? Good. Well, uh, we have an exterior door that needs replacing, um, and it's a, I believe, a slightly odd size. It's an old house. Um, it's like uh, eighty-one and a half by eighty-three or eighty-three and a half, and it it doesn't need to be a fancy door. It's our side door that gets used all the time on mm. the driveway. I just wondered if you had any recommendations. Is it just the door? Or we got to replace the whole frame too. Well, it's just the door is uh, getting rotten on the bottom. Uh, I don't know if the frame would need replacing. Uh, well, I just you know that it's an odd size, so that might have to be. Uh, the thing is, is that you know my guess is with something like that. You'd be better off, you know, if you, okay, so let's just say, okay, you could go to like Builder Supply Outlet and they have a door store at their location where they can build this do- this actual door that you need. Okay. Who, um, who's going to put this in? They... Pardon? Who's going to put this in, though? That's the question. That was my next question. Do they install too? Right. Or? So this is what I think you should do, which should make, uh, I, I think, much more sense for you, is contact Gilkey. They do entry doors, and they could come out and measure this opening and put a brand new door, frame and all, properly weather-stripped, properly installed. They could probably do a fiberglass door. You could even do something a little, you know, architecturally fun you know to to put in a half light or uh you know they they have a door that has you know four uh pieces of glass down the center and it looks really nice and they can do my sister-in-law who has a home near wrigley field had gilkey do all the windows and doors in her house and i will tell you that if you can make that woman happy this is the company that can do it. And I say that lovingly and affectionately. Um, but she put in a door. It's her back kind of side door, and it's a fiberglass door from Gilkey that has these four individual panes of glass down the center, and the door is red on the outside, which is totally cool, and it's a factory finish. And then the inside is white. Um, but... It's not going to be an inexpensive door, but it'll be done the right way, and it's going to open and close, and you're not going to have any problems, and it's going to keep the weather out and the whole nine yards. 
if you go and try and put this brand new slab of a door in an old frame like that, which I guarantee you is not square or plumb, yeah. it's never going to be right. Right. Yeah, right now the uh, wind, and if the wind is right and the snow is coming in, it'll come through the bottom and even through yeah. the side a little bit. You're um, where are you? Uh, you're you're in uh, you're in Highland Park. Yeah, give them a call. Right. right. Um, you know, maybe you know, maybe even you know, if you if you wanted to, they've got a couple of locations in Palatine and Chicago Ridge. You could go to the showroom and look at some of the doors. Is there a Mrs. Bob? Oh yes. Take Mrs. Bob with you because you're not in charge. Oh, that's uh, that's a definite. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just I, I I I your phone just cut out on this, Bob. I I appreciate it. Give them a call; they'll do a really nice job. I promise. Nine eighteen in the morning. You're listening to House Smarts Radio with me, Lou Manfredini. Our phone number is eight five seven five five seven four five six eight. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. Would you please say the word kibitzer with the emphasis on the kib instead of the kibitzer? You're listening to House Smarts Radio. You said kibitzer. With Lou Manfredini. I've said kibitzer instead of kibitzer. He's here to take your calls. Wait, wait, now say it again. How do I say it? Kibitzer. Kibitzer. No, see, you said it wrong already. To answer your questions. Kibitzer. Or just take some constructive criticism. Kibitzer. Right. Better. Oh, and did I forget to mention his area of expertise? Call us with any of your home improvement questions right here on House Smarts Radio. It's all in how you say it. 857 I don't know that two is right because there's no one there at two. How about one? Let's try one, and that would be Kathy in LaGrange. Hi, Kathy. Hi, Lou. Oh, gosh, am I glad I got through. Me too. Okay, here's the issue. (laughs) I have a 40-something-year-old gigantic square brown jacuzzi bathtub in my master bath. Okay. It's one of those big big square ones that you could sit four people in. All my kids are gone. Sounds like like fun. Keep going. Anyway, it hasn't been used for a while, and it started to smell. I had another plumbing problem, so I called my plumber. He came. He said, you know, the the water that should be sitting in the trap, I think is what he said, had evaporated. So he yeah. ran water, and then he put some vegetable oil down there, and it lasted for maybe a week, and now it smells all over again. Mm. And And I love my plumber, but it was hundreds of dollars. <laughs> I don't want to call him. I thought maybe I'd save some money and call you instead. Well, what should I do? <laughs> okay, so and and as far as you know, where this big giant tub is, uh, is there? Is it on the second floor? Yes. Okay, so there's no leak that you're aware of. Well, you know what? We don't use the tub much anymore because it takes forever. We, I shouldn't say much anymore. We don't use it anymore. It takes forever to fill up. No, but, so, um, but and the- we fall. Right, but yeah. so this is what you know the the what the plumber mentioned. In other words, yes. when, when when they came and ran the water and then pour a little vegetable oil down there, there was no odor. 
correct? Right. There and was after, and there wasn't after I did that. Yes, it uh, worked. Yes. Initially, and that you said only lasted a week. A week or two, you know. Mm. Not we were out of town, so I'm not exactly sure. But it was something. It was somewhere between a week and a month. Let's say. Okay. Now, may I ask? Um, because now I'm thinking, if it was, if you didn't use this tub for, it sounds like, for years, right? Correct. Yes. Then something makes me think that maybe the, that the trap where the uh, tub is has a little crack in it with a slight leak. And that whatever the plumber did, it initially worked, but then it doesn't didn't hold the water. or what, Or actually... By adding the water, you know, like it, it dried out, right? It's completely dried out. Uh-huh. Then we add the water, and we mix the water with the air, and that causes rust, and a leak occurred, not by anything that the plumber did, but just by lack of use. So you said yes. that this okay. tub is big, that like four people could go in. Do you have the ability yes. physically to climb into this tub? Oh, yeah. Okay. I put all kinds of stuff in there now. <laughs> <laughs> I use it. I use it as a. I have baskets in there. Sure, my right. It's a, right. It's an amazing. <laughs> it's amazing what you can store in the bathtub, right? But what no I would kidding, yeah. What I would like you to do with your sensitive snoot, which you know women tend to have more of a sensitive smell than men, is I'd like yes, you to go yes. into that tub and, as crazy as it sounds, get on your hands and knees and put your nose right by that drain. And okay. I, and I want you to determine, yes, in fact. That's where the odor's coming from. And you, you said it's a jacuzzi tub, so there's other places where, like, jets come in, right? That's true. That is true, so yeah. So I want you to put your nose over there, too, and say, okay, well, it's not just here. It's also over here. It's okay. also over here. Now, where this tub is, if I'm under it, where am I? In the kitchen. Okay. Then I want you to kind of figure out where you are and go in the kitchen and then uh-huh. look up and say, huh, mm-hmm. look at that. There's like a little spot in the ceiling right there. What's that? Mm-hmm. I'm worried that that trap, because it wasn't used for so many years, developed yeah. a crack and is leaking. Jeez, how does it develop a crack when nobody's using it, just from drying out? Well, okay, so think about it. You know, the Titanic's at the bottom of the ocean, and it's still there because it's not connected. It doesn't touch the air. The minute it touches the air, that's where the rust happens. So now this Uh thing wasn't used forever. It smelled. You know, the metal started to rust. The plumber came, added water, you know, put some vegetable oil in. All of that makes perfect sense, right? Uh-huh. But now there's a little bit yeah. of a leak, and then it leaks away, and now the trap isn't the trap anymore. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now, all right, so now, then if I do all wait. this stuff, and I go now, ahead. One go other, ahead. one other thing. Okay. Okay. Where the drain is, um, it has a stopper. Uh-huh. And is yeah. there an overflow in the tub? Uh, what do you mean an overflow? In other words, where the faucet is that comes into the tub, yeah. and then there's a drain. Is there another, yeah. like, a chrome thing or brass? Oh, yeah, yeah, the... yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, there is. Yes, there okay. is. Yes. You could take that all apart, and you could take a tube brush and some pine saw and scrub all that okay. because it could be that there's just stuff there now that water got introduced to it that's sm- offering the smell. Okay. Okay. 
then then one other thing. I mean, just I, I I'm just I'm just trying to save you some money here, right? So if you go down and you're I like, there's no leak in the ceiling, I don't see anything wrong there, and yeah, I put my nose on the drain and it still smells, and uh, you know, I I, I don't want to have the plumber back and spend a hundred dollars or five hundred dollars to have this fixed again. Then just close the tub, like with the stopper, right, as if you were yeah. going to fill it with water, and then where yeah. that where yeah. that where that overflow is, take a piece of masking tape mm-hmm. and cover the masking tape on the overflow, the little vents that would allow the water there, and then you're not going to yeah. then you're not going to huh. smell anything. That's a great idea. Right well, now, I have a pile of towels on top of the drain. Okay, but I don't have anything on the overflow. Right. All right. The I smell will do could all be coming that. from okay. that. Okay. Okay, thanks, Lou. You're a doll. Appreciate it. Really do. I appreciate appreciate you calling. Thanks so much. 857-557-4LOU is the phone number. Let's head into the WGN Radio Newsroom. Our Just Text Me segment is coming up after this report of news with Don Kleppen. Time for Just Text Me. Can't get through on the phone line? Can't really chat wherever you are? Back to Lou, answering some of your text messages right here on House Smarts Radio. Hey, a little less conversation, a little more action. Our Just Text Me segment is sponsored by Center Guard Plumbing, where you're just a text away from install today. You can text us at 857-557-4LOU, 857-557-4568. you have a few text messages for us? I'm really into Elvis. I watched Priscilla this week. Such a sad story. What's that? Um, It is, well, it's based off of Priscilla Presley's book, Elvis and Me, which I now bought, and I'm going to read it on our spring break next week. Oh. Um, But it's her story and how she met and her kind of relationship. It's really sad. Well, she was like 14? 10, yeah. (laughs) Right? It's like the craziest thing. How is that possible? I I actually didn't know. I don't know if I knew that part. And so when the movie started, I was like, wait, did I? I got to rewind that. Did she just say she was 14? Right. I don't even. It might have been 12. Like, it was very young. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating. Mm -hmm. All right. Back to business. Lou, I want to fill in my brick paper patio. Should I use regular sand, polymeric sand, or what would you recommend? Polymeric sand for sure, because that's what's going to help bond it. Um, So a lot of times what people will do is come in and clean it all, like with a pressure washer. That'll remove some of the sand. And then you put the polymeric sand and you brush it all in and you get it in there and then you wet it to kind of bond it. And um, that's what keeps, that's the secret sauce in any kind of paving, and that's what you want to use for sure. The powder-coated metal railing on my porch is peeling, Lou. How should I repair or repaint it? Mm. Well, I mean, the thing is, with the powder coating, you know, you're going to want that same finish again. Now, certainly, you can do a little scraping and sanding and use something as simple as a Rust-Oleum and use a brush, but it won't have that same finish so maybe what we do is we spray it excuse me scrape it and sand it get it as smooth as possible and then rust-oleum will make an exterior metal paint whatever color you'd like and they have a um 
some of their cans have an any position trigger spray. It's it's not like a button that you put with your index finger and push down. It's more like a trigger. And the thing is with that, when you can turn the can in different, you know, to get under it or over it, whatever, make sure, though, <clears throat> you put some plastic up against the house and on the ground because you're going to get overspray for sure. So the prep of the area to make sure that you don't get any of the spray onto other surfaces that you don't want that on is important. And then on a day when it's not terribly windy and a little bit warmer, I'd like it to be at least 50 degrees outside, uh, use that spray paint and, and um, short bursts with the, with the trigger kind of back and forth, and you'll get really close to that powder finish. And with the Rust-Oleum, um, you know, it bonds really well and it should look really nice. Thanks, Lou. Last one. I love um, that you I, thank me for the textures. That's so nice. I know they would say thank they you. They would, yeah. Um, hi, Lou. I have exterior red brick that is stained with soot from my grill. Is there an alternative way to cleaning it other than using acid? Yeah, use um, my uh, my favorite uh, lubricant cleaner called Superzilla. You can buy it in larger bottles and spray it onto the brick. Let it sit there for about 10 minutes. Use a... Uh, I don't know that you want to use a metal uh, wire brush. Maybe. Maybe just start with a um, a nylon brush, like a stiff nylon brush, you know, the kind that you can put your hand in. It's got a big handle. And really scrub it, spray it, let it sit for 10 minutes, as I mentioned. Scrub it, spray a little bit more, and then use uh, just dish cleaner and, and water, warm water, to uh, clean that residue off. And uh, it, it should look pretty good. Uh, I think that you, you, you'll be happy with the results. That's our Just Text Me segment, sponsored by uh, Center Guard Plumbing, where you're just a text away. Oh, hold on. Drop the, uh, I dropped the uh, mouse from install today. 857-557-4LOU. 857-557-4568. This is Jim in Naperville. Hey, Jim. Good morning. You're on House Smarts Radio. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. What's going on? Um... I have a laundry room and an adjoining guest bath on a slab, and there was a gap between the floor and the baseboard several years ago. Um, I also had uh, some sinking on the outside of that wall, and uh, Permaseal came out and installed uh, seven or eight piers on the exterior and then put in poly level to stabilize and lift the concrete in the inside. Well, my problem has returned. Um, I have this gap between the you know, floor and the interior wall. And when I called them, they said that it would cost anywhere from 2600 to $4,100 to come out and drill holes again in the towel and the concrete, but they wouldn't assume any responsibility for any damage to the floor or the drywall and I would have to pay the extra money to remove the floor tiles so that they could insert a camera. So I'm trying to understand that this is on a slab, and I've had other people come out, look at this, and they tell me they don't understand what's going on in either. So you're, you're my uh, local expert. You've helped me in the past, and I'm hoping you can give me some advice. So this area that you're talking about, Permaseal, has already done work on or no? Yes. 
They, they did this probably four or five years ago. And they, but they did the poly level there, or they did the they did the mud or the uh, they used push piers to jack the house up. They did both. Okay, and then in so this, the piers were on the outside at four foot intervals, and then they did the poly level on the inside. Okay, and and then after they did that, and you said that was four or five years ago. After they did that, you then finished the floor. Yes, I was remodeling both of those rooms, so it. it was perfect timing because I had everything out of there. Now, you're going to have to walk me through this because I'm 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 not crystal clear on what is their warranty on the poly level. Um, I think it's only. Five years, because they told me it just expired last summer. Right. Okay. <sighs> now, they've offered to come out for free and dig outside to check if the piers have failed. Right. But if they haven't... Right, you know, because those that warranty is longer, right, on the piers. Yes, correct. Right. Hmm. Now, I, I mean, I guess the other what's the what is what is the people, wait? Let me ask you this: What is the um, what, uh, is the house brick or sided? What is it? Is it a frame house? It's brick. Okay, brick. And when you all the way around when you go on Side. this when you go on this area where you're now experiencing the problem again, do you see any uh, any new cracks outside and the walls? Uh, yes. I mean, I think that, I think that I'd have them come back. I mean, I think it's probably more with the piers than it is with the, um, with the uh, poly level. I mean, the fact well, that that would make sense, right? And so, you know, they they should be able to come out and, you know, with that war- and be under warranty to be able to come and. You know, it could be, you know, whatever the soil condition is, the, the, the benefit of these push piers is, you know, they once they lock that bracket in underneath the foundation wall, they may have to tweak and push down even deeper, you know, the through soil erosion or whatever, um, that, you know, to get it right. And um, I would have them come and do that first. Yeah, that, and that's because, again, it... it Logically, I can't understand how a a floor on a slab mm-hmm. would would lose this poly level that was inserted in there. Well, I and, mean, and it it uh, it probably is. I mean, it it is possible that there was some soil erosion under the poly level, but the whole idea behind that stuff is it doesn't add a lot of weight, and so it should, you know, it it that shouldn't be the issue. But my Based on what you're describing to me now, I would start with the push piers. Okay. And I'd have them come out, you know, under their warranty to come and see if they can get this thing right. Fact that you're experiencing new cracks in the brick on the outside says that there's been some additional soil erosion. And it either has to be that those piers you have have to go deeper or be tweaked and lifted a little bit more or additional piers have to be put in. Okay, because they put the piers at four-foot intervals. Yeah, I mean, that. I don't know that, 
that's pretty tight. I wouldn't. You probably wouldn't go any tighter than four feet. I mean, that's plenty. But something else has shifted down below the ground. Okay. All right. Well, that's. I got a call, you know, into him to try to schedule this, but I just wanted to see if you, what your thoughts on were on it, and if you had any other ideas or suggestions. Right. Hold on one second. I want you to hold on a second because I want to um, see if I can help you out even more and um, uh, see if we can uh, figure out uh, something to make sure this gets done right. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. We'll take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. I got this call from Brenda. I went to pick her up. Welcome back. The tire had a blowout, and my mom's car got shot up. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. We're cruising down the highway. This big old Cadillac, and it's so hard. No three. It's so hard. Babysitting these guys. Eight five seven five five seven four Lou. Eight five seven five five seven. Four five six eight is our phone number. By the way, next week uh, I mentioned it's our spring cleaning show. We're going to have a bunch of ideas for you about getting your place uh, all springy and clean, and uh, we'll have a bunch of different uh, interviews and discussions about uh, what's going on there. And I hope you'll join us for that as well. Three one two no eight five seven five five seven four Lou eight five seven. Five five seven four five six eight is our phone number. Hold on, I got to get these folks back on here. Uh, for some reason, it's not uh, coming up for us. One second, we're just having a little. No, all right. Well, we're going to talk. Tell to... a joke. Tell a joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, minor uh, technical difficulties here. Yeah, minor technical Radio. difficulties we have here right here, um, but uh, not a problem whatsoever. Ambulance uh, is going strong. Right, exactly. My beautiful and talented producer that, okay. is a ray of sunshine and brings her ebulence uh, to the show each and every Saturday morning. And I, I'm just reading what it's put in front of me. I just want to make sure that you know that whatever someone writes, I'm going to put there for sure. Um, um, as I mentioned, uh, next week, what is it? Uh, Lindemann Chimney Heating and Cooling is going to be part of our spring cleaning, and um, also. Um, you told me someone else for that. Uh, I can't think of who else it was that's going to be there. Oh, also uh, uh, Lindholm Roofing as well will be part of our spring cleaning show next week. And um, so we'll be bringing that to you as well. Now, with this warm weather, <clears throat> I know that uh, I've talked about this uh, a little bit while we get our phone system working. I want to get one more call in before uh, we get out of the way here at 10 o'clock this morning. But... Um, it is a little too early to put stuff down. I know it's nice and it's sunny and you want to get out there and do it, but you can do a little bit of um, uh, raking and cleanup, and I don't really want anything going down there. You can go buy the stuff and get ready so you don't have to, you know, I'm sure all the hardware stores and home centers would love for you to come and buy some of the stuff from you so you're ready to go. And that way, first thing Saturday morning or whatever day you want to do it, you can get out there and do it. But a little bit of cleanup, you can do a little bit of trimming. Uh, Stuff's starting to sprout a little bit. So before the leaves come, you may see some dead wood on bushes and trees. You can go ahead and cut those out of the way uh, before the buds come. Don't do a ton of it uh, because you don't want to hurt the plant. But uh, in about three weeks or so, we'll be ready to start doing some fertilization. 857-5574, Lou. This is uh, Mary in Elmhurst. Hi, Mary. You're on House Smarts Radio. 
I'm doing great. I have a about a 600 square foot area in an unfinished basement. That's it's a deep, poor basement. It's about 10 feet underground, and it's normally about 62, 63 degrees year round. And it's just a like an exercise space. I'd like to warm it up a bit to maybe 68 degrees. If we put like a six or a nine foot electric baseboard area uh, radiator in. Would that warm it up a little bit, like on one outside wall? Would that be enough to get it up about to, you know, 68 degrees in the winter? Um, yeah. Or would we have to add maybe another, no. another like, six-foot section you, on you the said, other wall? You said it's about 600 square feet? Yeah, and the manufacturer said, like, the nine-foot would heat about up to 300 square feet, but it's already... You know, 62, 63 degrees. Okay. So there is and a... it's got concrete walls and a concrete you know, floor and an unfinished ceiling. And then were you going to have this hardwired or you're going to plug it in? We'd have an electrician hardwired. And okay. it's only it would be only be about like six feet away from the electric uh, panel anyway. Okay. All right. You could do that. Um, maybe you'd have to do two. But there's also this product called uh, Envy Heat, E-N-V-I... Their, mm-hmm. we, their, we, their website is eheat.com. E is an Edward, H-E-A-T, eheat.com. Okay. They make these convection electric wall heaters. You put two screws in the wall. You hang it on the wall, oh. and you can plug it in. They make one for 120, and they also make one for 240. The smaller mm-hmm. one is you only uses 500 watts of electricity, and it oh, uses convection. Okay. There's no fan, kind of like that electric baseboard heat that you're talking about. And they're okay. amazing. And I would probably do the, the they have a 500-watt one and a 1,000-watt one, which will be similar to what you're doing okay. with the baseboard. But you could, if you uh-huh. got the 120 one, you could just plug it in, and it has a thermostat okay. on it, and it'll cost you a couple oh, okay. couple hundred bucks. So that's comparable. Okay. And and it's easy to install. And, and with the plug-in one, you wouldn't have to hire an electrician. You'd just plug it in. I have two of them at our home, and they're amazing. I have the smaller 500-watt ones just to help give a little bit more heat to a room. And uh, it's amazing. They do a really, really nice job. Thanks so much for the phone call. Hey, that's our last call, sponsored by Mitsubishi Electric. When heating and cooling your home, Mitsubishi Electric is the last call you need to make. The news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening. Lindsay, thank you for producing, doing a great job. You are uh, beautiful and talented, and you're a ray of sunshine. And you bring uh, ebulence to the show every single Saturday morning. (laughs) Thanks to Don, thanks to Andy, thanks to Bob Ferguson for pushing all the buttons. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more House Marts Radio.